York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. McCartan after midnight. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you till 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning or late Saturday night if you're still out and about in the city that never sleeps or you're working on a weekend like usual. Hey, me and Nick are too. Hey, listen to this. We're coming to you live from the Boomer and Geo studio here in Lower Manhattan. I am sitting in Boomer's chair. Don't worry. It's clean. We're all good. We're all sanitized here, everybody. You guys know that number. 877-337-6666. Load them up with your best content only. And you know what? It's, um, It's an exciting time in and around the NFL. And you are in the right spot for draft analysis of both the Giants and the Jets 2021 picks. Not just the top ones, all of them. Class with me, Professoressa Alena Trice McCartan will be in session throughout the night. I will get you acquainted with your team's draft picks and offer my evaluation, of course, on each and every single one of them. You are what you say you are, a superstar. Well, in total, the Giants and Jets, 16 young NFL draftees and potential NFL superstars will be calling our area home for the foreseeable future. The Jets had, you know, and that was Lupe Fiasco superstar. I don't know if that took you back to middle school, but it certainly does for me. The Yankees, I mean, the, the Jets had two routes to go this offseason. And in my opinion, from the outset, I believe that they picked the wrong one. For, for the last time, option one was to stick with Sam Darnold and pair him with, in my opinion, tight end Kyle Pitts, who is the second best player in this entire draft. Then take a top offensive lineman with a second pick in that first round. That was my plan from the beginning. Clearly, Joe Douglas did not agree with me sending Darnold to Carolina. So, Zach Wilson, you better wear your shades because the spotlights here can burn holes through the stage that you're going to be playing on. Actually, the Jets were part of a trio of three teams that chose a quarterback with their top overall pick. The last time that three quarterbacks were drafted within the first three picks was 1999. I was in fifth grade when Tim Couch went to the Cleveland Browns, Donovan McNabb went to the Philadelphia Eagles, and Achilles Smith went to the Cincinnati Bengals. Number four that year, by the way, the Colts picked future Hall of Famer Running back, Edrin James. With that being said, the Jets entered the draft this year with needs at, oh, a whole lot of places. Quarterback, cornerback, offensive line, defensive line, tight end, and you could probably add running back into that mix, too. And they addressed five out of those six needs. My overall draft grade for the New York Jets, solid A. Yeah, the Zach Wilson era is upon us all here in the New York metro area, and Joe Douglas could not afford to make the same mistake twice. The same mistake with Zach Wilson as they did with Sam Darnold, which was not surrounding him with enough hog mollies to protect him like he promised the Darnolds that he would. With that said, my favorite pick of the entire draft, of course, for them was Elijah Veritucker. Do you remember just last week? When I proposed a trade with the Arizona Cardinals for the Jets to trade up to 16 to get him, well, the Jets must have been listening because sometimes, you know what? I surprise myself sometimes, honestly. The Jets actually traded up to 14 with the Minnesota Vikings to get him. At that point, 
The Vikings received New York's picks number 23, 66, and 86. And the Jets got their number 14 and 143. So, in other words, job well done. Can you imagine being the brand new quarterback to the NFL after playing at BYU, which is not known for its difficulty of schedule, we'll put it that way, the best thing for that quarterback, as we talked about last week, was going to be shoring up that left side of the line. Why? Because that is the rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson's blind side. Zach Wilson could sleep more soundly than Sam Darnold ever could have beginning on day one of his NFL career. So, good for him. And based on his Twitter reaction, Zach Wilson seemed to be a little bit more excited about a new tool to utilize than Elijah Vera Tucker. To Elijah Moore, he said, let's go. Oh, no, no, no. Less. L-E-S-S-S. Let's go. Time to get to work. So pumped for you, bro. And Elijah Moore's response was, let's be legendary. And it was the shaking hand emoji and a black heart emoji. Should have been green, don't you think? The optimism surrounding the Jets is palpable, and it is an exciting time for the Jets and their fans. As for the Giants, having their potential quarterback of the future in place, the Giants were on a mission to surround him with the top, utmost, best talent that they could to make a franchise-altering decision on the most important position on any football team. The Giants entered the draft with needs at linebacker, offensive line, uh, wide receiver, defensive line slash you know edge rusher. They addressed two of those four needs. I would say draft grade, and this I know this is going against the grain here a little bit. I would say, and I'll explain why in a second, but I would say the Giants draft grade... B minus, it may be C plus, probably B minus though. How it started was GM Dave Gettleman, who has never traded back in eight prior drafts, said, I've tried to trade back, but it's got to be value. I'm not getting fleeced. I refuse to do it. And if somebody wants to make a bad trade back, God bless them. That's how it started. How it's going is people in the Giants war room over the past couple days were calling him Trader Dave. <laughs> well, my suggestion is maybe even better, Fleecer Dave. I love the deal with the Bears. At that point, total A for me. Yeah, the Giants traded back, and I didn't think that would would happen. I nailed the Jets pick, but I did not think the Giants were going to trade back. I thought they would stay put at 11. At that time, the Bears got the Giants 11th overall pick, but the Giants in return got, you know, they flip-flopped. The Giants got their 20th pick. They got a fifth-round pick this year, which was supposed to be 164. The best part about this, and I bolded this on my paper right here, is a 2022 first-round pick in addition to a 2022 fourth-round pick. But that first-round pick next year, Giants fans are hoping that Justin Fields absolutely fails in Chicago so that first-round draft pick is as uh, valuable as possible. Dave Gettleman told you he didn't want to get fleeced, and this year he did the fleecing. He fleeced the Chicago Bears for the first time in his career in doing so and trading back. Like Zach Wilson's bandana reads, any time or any team, any place, maybe the entire Giants offense should invest in matching headbands that read, no excuses. That absolutely is the motto for the Giants this season, especially on offense. But in their draft grade, I did say take some points off on my rubric here for the team not addressing the offensive line, a unit that could use some renovations, especially after Zeitler's gone. So really, can there still be excuses? Well, maybe. 
Facts are these. Daniel Jones has this season and next on his rookie contract, and then a club option for 2023. Then, God willing, with no significant injuries and or, you know, COVID disruptions, they will have a crystal clear evaluation of him devoid of excuses, you would hope. The Giants have added Kenny Galladay and an extreme red zone threat in Kyle Rudolph. And they've also got some injury comings back of Saquon Barkley and Nate Solder. And we'll see what he is. Maybe the Giants are expecting him to be really good. Maybe that's why they did not address the offensive line. I don't know. And while I expected the Giants to use their first overall pick on a wide receiver, I did not think it would be Kadarius Toney. This is where I started to deduct some more points from the team's grade. Nothing against the kid himself, but I actually had him ranked in my mid-tier of wide receivers. And there were a few of the guys there, and he was actually last on my list of mid-tier guys, actually. And we can get into why. But the order of guys taken right after this pick was Quiddy Payne, Caleb Farley, Christian Darashaw, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Greg Newsom II. And even further down, a little bit further down, Jason Alway. The Giants could have used pretty much any of these guys, obviously not the running backs, but pretty much any of these guys. The Giants already have a slot receiver in Sterling Shepard. Is he now expendable? This is, this is much like when the Yankees acquired Giancarlo Stanton. They already had one of those players in, in Aaron Judge. I questioned the move then, and I'm, I'm questioning this pick here too. After Tony, the, the Giants picked a linebacker and four cornerbacks. Yeah, that's where they lost a few more points in my rubric. They picked four cornerbacks after they signed cornerback Adoree Jackson to a three-year, $39 million contract this offseason. And then James Bradbury, who was the incumbent cornerback, he repped the Giants in being selected to the 2021 Pro Bowl. Last I checked, only two cornerbacks are on the field at the same time. So while those were sort of puzzling to me, You have to give it to him. Dave Gettleman is and was and still will be a master at free agency. So, no, I'm not calling for his firing. No. He loaded up on offensive free agents this offseason. Kyle Rudolph, John Ross, a little insurance policy in terms of Devontae Booker at running back. Oh, and the most highly sought-after wide receiver this offseason, Kenny Galladay. And don't forget... In the past, Jabril Peppers, Blake Martinez, James Bradbury, all free agents, and I can keep going, and add that to the re-signing of Graham Gano long-term, who, in my opinion, is the best kicker in the entire league, and add that to Wednesday, which was not surprising, but Wednesday, the Giants picked up the fifth-year option on Saquon Barkley's contract, which means he has a fully guaranteed salary of, of $7.2 million. John Mara on March 3rd. I say not surprising because John Mara on March 31st said, he, this is John Mara, I said it at the end of the season and I'll say it again. We hope he's going to be a giant for life. But be careful. Jets fans have heard that line before, haven't they? I know Dave Gediman also found Darius Slate. And, I, and you know what else too? The pick of Aziz Ojolari. That was awesome. That was an awesome move. They could have had him at 42. Instead, they traded back, got some more picks, and they got him at 50. That was the Giants' best move in the entire draft. It came in at, at that juncture. And I know Dave Gettleman also found Darius Slayton late in the late rounds, which is so huge for that team. But this year, I think the Jets beat him out in the late rounds, to be honest with you. We can review my biggest late-round steals for Douglas and my biggest late-round flops for Gettleman tonight as well. But, like in my classroom, I do have an essential question for you guys. And that is, 
did our New York Jets and did our New York Giants get better over the course of these past four days? That answer is yes. And Justin, it's gonna be me. Justin Timberlake and NSYNC have an uplifting message for both our Mets and Yankees. It's going to be May, and and I know the line is it's going to be me, and that, you know, the memes that go around. Yes, May, how happy are both the the Yankees and the Mets that the calendar is flipped to the fifth month of the year. It's going to be May, and the Yankees have turned the proverbial corner, for now at least, and and that's how it's going to be. They're going to be riding the roller coaster all season long, so buckle up, Yankees fans, but for right now, Yankee fans can rejoice in the fact that their team demolished the Detroit Tigers in what, like, what looked like a home run derby on Friday night. They mashed five home runs in a 10 nothing victory, one of which was a grand slam, by the way, by Aaron Judge. We'll get to that in a second. And then on Saturday, the Yankees hitting with two outs was on point. That's where they scored five of their six runs en route to another victory over the Detroit Tigers. And I know the Tigers are not... The Dodgers here, everybody. But you got to start somewhere, right? Aaron Judge is on fire, literally, finally. He's hitting 470 over the past five games. Yeah, Aaron Judge is hitting 470 over the past five games. That includes Friday night, two for four, with two home runs, one of which was a grand salami and five RBIs. Saturday, three for five with three RBIs. Oh, and two for two, batted a 1,000 with runners in scoring position and also with two two-out RBIs. Aaron Boone on, on Aaron Judge said his, his at-bats over the last week or 10 days, he's getting airtight with his mechanics in his swing. It's about time. You know what's really frustrating me? Aaron Boone and his computers are turning the Yankees into an NBA team with this load management crap. Aaron Boone says he prefers his players to miss one game versus an extended amount of time. Okay. So John Carlo Stanton and Gio Urshela sat on Saturday. But the Yankees have an off day on Monday. It's, they don't play on Monday. Urshela's last five games. You ready for this? Batting average, 350. On base plus slugging, 864. RBIs, seven in the past five games. Little, little push my glasses up here with my my uh, little my pocket protector, my pocket square. The binary code from the computer must have spit out. Let's sit him. So Aaron Boone sat him and his 350 bat over the past five games. John Carlos Stanton told you Friday night that he feels like he's finally catching up to fastballs, which is a timing thing, which improves with wait for it playing time. Stanton's right. And how do I know? For the first time in his career, he has three consecutive three-hit games. The guy's got an eight-game hitting streak. And in that span, three home runs and a 444 average. Let me push up my glasses again with my uh, tape over the middle bridge of them. The binary code from the computer spit out, let's sit Giancarlo Stanton too. And yeah, Aaron Boone sat him too. So I'd be interested to see how this plays out for them, like those two guys in particular. Like, do they cool off after being iced on the bench on Saturday? We'll see. And while it looks like the Yankees might be turning the corner this May, the the Mets just might be too. Their catalyst was the clearing of the benches on Friday night. 
after Alvarado hit Jeff McNeil and threw inside at the head of Michael Conforto. After he struck out Dom Smith to end the inning, this is Friday night, he celebrated, which was fine. But then he had some choice words for Dom Smith, screaming at him from the mound, some mimicking hand motions, blah, blah, blah. Smith clearly took exception to it, and the benches cleared. No punches were thrown. But that was really all it took to wake up the Mets' bats. The team hit with uh, runners in scoring position through the month of April, 176. So far in May, which is, you know, one game, it's going to be May, right? They're hitting 666 with runners in scoring position. What a wake-up call for the Mets. And now they're 8-1 and one in games where they score four or more runs, a.k.a. games where Jacob deGrom doesn't pitch. Just kidding. So in the first inning Saturday night, the Mets put up four runs in that first inning against Zach Wheeler. The Phillies did come back to tie it up, though. But Conforto, leading off in the top of the ninth, launched a splitter 388 feet over the right field wall. And that made it 5-4, to four, and the Mets did not look back from there. Conforto, with his three RBI Saturday night, is ready for blastoff. You watch, Mets fans. And the bullpen, believe it or not, kept the Mets in the game. Loop, May, and finally a very confident Diaz held the Phillies to a one hit in the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings. By the way, that makes it 19 consecutive scoreless innings for the Mets' bullpen. Who would have thunk it? But in all of this, two things. Number one, injuries to the Mets' two best hitters. One, or A, Nimmo, on a swing in the top of the eighth, suffered what they're calling a left index finger contusion. The x-ray was negative, so that's good news. Then J.D. Davis, in the top of the seventh, the inning before, suffered a left hand sprain. Probably on the swing, we're, we're all assuming. What a big blow to that Mets lineup, though, for those two guys to be out simultaneously, and we'll see what happens with that. And a questionable call from Luis Rojas. Ultimately, though, it did not affect the outcome of the game, but he elected to pitch to Odubel Herrera instead of walking him to force Joe Girardi to pinch hit for Zach Wheeler. And there was a hitter on deck. It was not Zach Wheeler. And Rojas elected to pitch to Herrera. Instead, he Herrera was retired, and Wheeler was allowed to go out and pitch and finish the top of the seventh inning. He retired three Mets in a row, McCann, Villar, and Pilar. The Mets did win, though, and their, and their bats seemed to have come alive a little bit, which I knew that they would. I told you last week. Conforto is heating up. He's ready for blastoff, and now it's May, as Justin Timberlake told you, and Lindor's next. You watch. So here's the final note I'll leave you from this opening monologue here. Pete Alonso, in his post-game press conference, mentioned a new Mets hire who he called Donnie Stevenson, who he said, oh, uh, Louis forgot to mention him. He described him as a mental approach coach. And then when Conforto was asked about it, he said with a laugh and and a side smile and then a straight face, he said, Donnie's a new guy. He made an appearance today at our hitters meeting. He is all about the approach. He is a hitting approach guy. He's a guy that just gets the boys fired up and ready to go. Problem is, there is no Donnie Stevenson listed in the Mets media guide. The Mets are trolling everybody. I mean, people are, are, we're all at Twitter trying to figure out who this guy is. It's a troll job, you guys. Don't you know that? How hilarious is that? How quickly will there be a parody account of this fake Donnie Stevenson set up?
It's probably already out there. I'd have to look on the break. So, you guys, I have set the table for you guys. It is time to eat your your 2.23 a.m. snacks. I cannot wait to talk with you guys. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan. After midnight on The Fan in New York City. It's a doubleheader Sunday on The Fan. First up at 12.25, the Yanks and Detroit Tigers to wrap up their weekend series in the Bronx. We'll be on Sports Radio 101.9 FM, Sports Radio 66, and streaming on WFAN.com right up until 3.20, when we'll split our signal with the Yankees continuing on Sports Radio 66 and bringing you the Nets and Milwaukee Bucks on Sports Radio 101.9 FM and streaming on WFAN2.com. This is how we do Old school 50 cent throwing it back. This is the album. Uh, this is Get Rich or Die Trying, I think. And this came out right around the time that I was going to take my first SAT, which was in the snow at Tenafly High School. I went, me and I almost gave his last name, me and Kevin. We drove to Tenafly High School, and actually, the test was at the middle school, and we were late, and I didn't know my social security number. It was a big mess. Um, but that's every time I hear this album, it takes me takes me back to that. And it really, actually, those SATs should have been canceled. That's how much snow it was that day. But you know, so I asked just before the break, how quickly would it be to get a Donnie Stevenson uh, parody account going? It, I, this this isn't a real person, you guys. You know, it's not a real person. But Kevin, Kevin and Camden, who's going to be up in a second. He found the account and he sent me a tweet from this Donnie S. Metz and said, Hello all. Thankful to be a member of this team. Thank you to the Mets and Stephen A. Cohen. I want to know which player is behind this. And I want to guess it's Pete Alonzo that is um, that is managing this Donnie Stevenson account. I see. Well, let's see the last time they tweeted something off two hours ago. I was going to say, Donnie Stevenson, if you are listening, Donnie Stevenson. You give us a call, 877-337-6666. And one more thing before I go to the phones really quickly. I got a tweet on the break from Cosmo Di Ligiero. No, Ligiero. That's it, Di Ligiero. Sorry, my eyes are a little bleary-eyed this early in the morning. Cosmo Di Ligiero, he says, I... Felt the same original plan for the Jets. Keep Sam and draft Kyle Pitts or trade back for more. That being said, I'm very happy with Joe D's picks, Danielle. Let's go Jets. Agree. Totally agree. All right, 877-337-6666 is the phone number. And it was hilarious, right, as I was you know, standing in the hallway waiting to come on. When Chris, when Chris gave out the phone number, Chris, I know he listens on the way home. So Chris, when you gave out that phone number, you were like, "That's the crutch. That's my crutch." That made me laugh out loud. So thank you. Maybe you got some callers with that phone number for my show, Chris. Thank you for for loading them up for me. All right, let's go to first kicking off tonight the DJ Lemayhew of the night or the Brandon Nimmo of the night, depending on which team you root for. Kevin in Camden, you're up, Kevin. What's up, Coach? How are you? Good find on that. Thank you. I, I, I was just, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm doing my homework. I'm always looking. You know me. I do my homework all the time. Right. You know me. Um, I got to talk about the draft because I'm not going to kill Gettleman. Um, you know, I, I would have preferred, you know, Parsons at, you know, 11. But, he, you know, obviously he wanted uh, he wanted uh, Smith, the receiver that the Eagles took. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously he traded back. But I, I don't like this guy Tony. I'm not, eh. 
not crazy on him. Yeah, you know, Kevin, and I'm not crazy on him either. And, you know, the more stuff that I read about him, the you know, the less I like him. Is that yeah, okay? I'm the same way. I, I, I don't get it. I like, I, I like no, the rest of the draft is good. But I do have another another little, not a complaint, but really just a, he should have drafted a guard in the sixth round. I mean, he got four cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, okay, one, okay. But two, four, four, and and no. you have two really good ones. Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't that. know. I know. I'm like that's kind of why I knocked him a little bit. You know, everybody's saying oh, oh, the yeah. Giants. Had- yeah, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the guy's fired. I mean, I'm not gonna right. call for the guy's firing. But, but no, you're but, right. Get, anyway. Take a chance on an offensive lineman. You're right. Absolutely. And real quick with the Jets, love the a steal that I thought that they took. Well, obviously it was Tucker that you called, which I, you know, I was happy with that. Yeah. But more the receiver. Elijah Moore, I think, is uh-huh. Yep, he was a, he he was a steal, steal. Yeah, I think he's really good. And he's going to help Wilson and the Jets a lot. Because I'm telling you, the receiving, you know, I'm, I still don't trust Chris Herndon, but hopefully the receiving's better, and hopefully it just makes Wilson a better player. So I'm really happy with the, the Jets draft, and my, my Jets shirt really is lucky. So, you know, <laughs> Gates got fired when it was that shirt. So hopefully... The Jets can win the Super Bowl with, with that shirt. Well, you so. got to wear it every week for it to happen. You know that. I will do it. <laughs> I, don't, I, do I don't it. doubt it. Me. I will do it. I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> so. All right. Well, Kevin, good good takes here, Kevin. Thanks for the call. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Coach. So, quickly, two things. Kadarius Tony, right? I had him ranked in the mid-tier and at the bottom of my mid-tier. And because the NFL is saying he, he's going to be a starter within the first two seasons, that's what they're saying. There were... NFL ready guys above him and taking after him. Why, you know, sure, he he could step right in as a punt returner. He has this is this is what scouts say. He has the potential to run complex first and second level routes, which is good. Plus value in quick game and as a gadget option. Cool. Let's see get Jason Garrett get a little uh, a little creative. Very good open field vision for run after the catch. All good things. But Battle injuries, missed chunks of action in both 2017 and 2019. Route speed looks turned down at times. Route inefficiencies will need to be corrected. Too much freestyling and wasted motion in and out of breaks. This is all NFL scouts. Issues with contested catches underneath. That probably is the biggest one for me. Issues with contested catches underneath. And again, the Giants already have a slot receiver in Sterling Shepard. Is he now expendable? I don't know. Nothing against the kid, you know. But then again, all this off the field stuff that 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 you're reading about him, you know. I was I was gonna tell Nick to play one of his his rap songs uh, coming back from a commercial, but you know, none of them are clean, which would have been a fun thing. But but none of them are clean, so we really can't do that here, obviously. And the Jets steal of the draft, uh, well, maybe not, maybe maybe not, but a good steal, number thirty four, Elijah Moore at, at pick thirty four. He caught 97% of catchable targets beyond the line of scrimmage in 2020. That was best among all college football wide receivers. This guy has, uh, this is Joe Douglas, outstanding ball skills, outstanding catch radius, sure hands. Are the Jets moving on from Jamison Crowder, though? I don't know. Robert Sala, he said, Talking about uh, Elijah Moore's versatility, he said, backfield, jet sweeps, can play the X, can take off the coverage off the top, slot receiver, and to be able to get a guy like him at 34 is incredible. Okay, 
Where I had him ranked, just so everybody knows, again, in that mid-tier, one step ahead of Kadarius Tony on my little scouting board. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's go back to the phones. Paul in Floral Park, you're up on the fan. Hello, Daniel. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? All right. All right. Good, good to be back on the phone with you. Good to have yeah, you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so all the teams are winning. Uh, they won today. Yeah. Yeah. Yankees. But the match, they they, they still got to show me a little more guts and grit. Yeah, I, I'm very disappointed that Dominic Smith didn't didn't go after that Arasa. Yeah, uh, you know he he said yeah, you can yeah. meet him in the tu- meet meet me in the tunnel. You know yeah, where to find me. Come yeah, on, yeah. come yeah. on. I mean, just charge the pitchers, man. Like uh, what the Yankees did with uh, Amado Benitez, if you remember that. Yeah, when he drove uh, Gina Martinez. Yeah, or I or mean. or vice versa, Piazza Clemens. You know? Yeah, yeah. You didn't have yeah, to hit him. Yeah. Just charge him out. Put a little fear in him, Dom Smith. Come on, yeah. dude. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Meet me in the right. tunnel. Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with, with COVID protocols there. Paul, Paul, thanks. Right. For the call. COVID protocols probably dictate that, obviously, you can't probably meet there in, in the tunnel prior to, well, you know, or I guess after the game, prior to the game. I don't know when Don Smith wanted to meet him, but, you know, that's an old school thing. It's an old school line. That's like... You know, flagpole, 3 o'clock, let's meet. You know what I mean? It didn't happen. But, you know, Dom Smith put a little fear in him. Benches cleared. I tweeted. I said, quick, because everybody was going between the draft and everything else. I said, quick, put the Mets game on. Benches clearing brawl. That was pretty cool. I love watching that. I love watching when benches clear. Oh, and then it happened again a little bit later in the game. The shot made me laugh out loud of, of all the, 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 the Mets bullpen guys in the just standing in the outfield, standing and waiting. It was a still shot for like 10 seconds. They were just watching. That made me laugh out loud. So, speaking of laughing out loud, what is it like to watch the NFL draft with someone who doesn't watch football? Round one, that was. Well, I will tell you. After this quick spot. And Mets fans, for the best coverage of the New York Mets, look no farther than MetsmerizeOnline.com. Their talented staff of writers are committed to full, comprehensive Mets coverage, including exclusive interviews, daily original articles, great weekly features, and in-depth analysis of the Metropolitans and the minor league system. Metsmerize Online is the go-to place for all you diehard Mets fans. So grab your smartphones, grab your tablets, grab your laptops, and get Metsmerized today. Hey, it's Boomer and Geo. Join us tomorrow morning. More draft reaction, a big sports weekend. We'll break it all down for you. You know what we do. Yeah, well, we're going to follow up on the Yankees and the Mets as well as the Islanders and the Rangers. We'll see you Monday morning right here on the fan. Yeah, welcome back to McCartney After Midnight here. We've got me, we've got Nick behind the glass, we've got Drake on, on, the, on the tunes, Nick's on the ones and twos, everybody. Welcome back on this NFL Draft Weekend, on this weekend where both the Yankees and the Mets won their games on Saturday. If you're a baseball fan in New York, you're feeling good. If you're a basketball fan in New York, you're feeling good. Maybe not so much on the hockey front, unless, of course, you're an Islanders fan, but the Islanders obviously clinching their, their ticket or booking their ticket to the playoffs. Rangers pretty much 
all but out at this point in time. And I teased it, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it real quick, and then I'll get back to your calls, 877-337-6666. What's it like to watch the NFL draft with someone who doesn't even watch football? Well, I watched round one of the NFL draft at a local bar with my friend who doesn't watch football. But good for her for coming along, right? So we sat down at the table, and I, you know, kind of told, nonchalantly told her about, first of all, I had my NFL, I brought my draft Bible with me, my little packet of information. She was reading the stuff in the car. She was like, what does this even mean? What does any of this mean? You know all this? And I was like, I, am, I mean, most of it. So we sat down at the table. I said, okay, you know, and I brought a pen, by the way, too, and to take notes. And I said, sorry, I'm going to have to be taking notes. She was like, all right. But we sat down at the table, told her about the Aaron Rodgers news. And how on Thursday, I said, yo, he, I guess I, her name is Danielle too. I said, Danielle, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he wants out of Green Bay, you know? She said, Aaron Rodgers? I thought he played baseball. Oh, wait, that's Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod. And I tweeted just that. And she, I, I said, hold on one second. I, I just tweeted. She goes, are you subtweeting me? Like, yes. And then I said, it's, it's going to be a long night. And you guys love that tweet. And so did she. It was up to like 76 likes. And she was like, yeah, the people love me. I said, yeah, you should call in. She said, absolutely not. But, you know, I, I, I do enjoy that because I felt like she actually experienced something that she never would have on her own. She did learn a thing or two. And the, the biggest lesson she told me, she learned that the worst teams pick first and the best teams pick last. Baby steps, but it was a fun time. And she's like, wait, the Jets are one of the worst teams? Oh, well, yeah, yes, 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 they are. And she's well, the Giants aren't much better. And anyway, so that was the whole conversation here. So back to the phones, 877-337-6666. Robbie in Lennox, you're up next on The Fan. Robbie, what's up? Well, Danielle, it's really a pleasure to speak to you about the National Football League. How yeah, are you? Great. How are you? Let's do it. Um, well, first of all, let's start with the, uh, the draft. Okay. I could not believe that Aziz was there at 50. Yeah. I, I was, he was my first guy I wanted to pick, and he and Micah. And obviously, we passed him up at 11. We passed Micah up, and I'm like, man, I really wanted either an offensive lineman, either the kid from Northwestern, or yeah. to either trade up and get, uh, the kid from Oregon. And, you know, I really believe, honestly, Danielle, that the Giants have a lot of talent. My problem is that this offensive line is lousy. And if you're telling me that Nate Solder, that you feel comfortable with Nate Solder playing the offensive line on this team again, how can anybody feel comfortable? He stunk when he was with the Patriots. How can we really believe that Daniel Jones is going to have the people in front of him to make him look like he's going to be a successful NFL quarterback? Look, I'm really happy we got Aziz. I thought Gellman did a very good job of trading down, okay? Mm -hmm. And I think Tony's a terrific player. But that's not what they needed. They went out and they got Kenny Galladay mm -hmm. for a reason. Right. And now they solved that problem. They got Ross. Now, look, we don't know how good Ross is going to be. It could be great. It could be a bust, all right? But the thing is that who's protecting this kid? This kid's going to be thrown from his turkis again. Yeah. Honestly, well, what, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I think the people that kind of like look at it on the surface and they say, oh, well, Daniel Jones has all the weapons, you know? Yeah, but but the offensive line. Like, I, I always feel that you have to build out from the offensive Absolutely. line. I say it all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that that would be the excuse. The only excuse that they would have is that. And what, are you just going to hope that they're going to gel? You're just going to hope that Andrew Thomas takes another step forward? Like, well, I, I wanted Beckton last year so badly. I love Beckton. He's yeah. going to be a great player. I got, I got to talk about my favorite team tonight. 
which is the Rangers. I mean, it was a disappointing, you know, disappointment that they didn't make the playoffs. But this format was so ridiculous, Danielle. I mean, playing Boston eight times, playing four Stanley Cup contending teams, you know, thirty-two times. Look, if the Rangers are an up-and-coming team. There's a yes. lot of young talent. But David Quinn is going to have to show me that he can get these guys to play a little bit harder. And if Teddy Panarin's got to step up, you're paying him $9 million. I think the guy got one shot on goal in two games. Mm-hmm. Now, look, they were without Kreider and they were without Truva mm-hmm. and obviously without Ryan Lindgren. But good things are coming for the, for the Rangers. And the hats off to the Islanders. Um, Barry Trotz is a really great coach. These guys play a systematic style. Their gaps are great. They're disciplined. And Varlamov's been great. So they're going to be tough out. Boy, anybody who plays the Islanders, I would be afraid to play the Islanders in any series because once they get a lead, like they, they just suffocate you. Yeah, you know? that's a good word, and suffocate. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And as far as the Yankees go, you know what I thought of you the other day when Judge was hitting third? I said, oh, my God. Yes. I remember talking about Judge hitting third. Finally. Oh, my God. Let's have a party. And now he's hitting yeah. grand slams. Come on. I know, and the funny thing, Stanton, why does he get a rest? Please, this is so ridiculous. How does a DH rest? Well, that, <laughs> what that, that's rest what the computer for? said. Come on. Time in the dugout. Robbie, that's what the, that's what the computer said, and that's what happens. Oh, I can't stand it anymore. You know me, I'm 56. I grew up, you know, in Westchester. I went to Yankee games my whole life. My father's office was in the Bronx. And, mm. You know, went to Yankee games, all the World Series games. And I mean... I can't stand the shifting. It drives me bananas. It's ruined the whole game for me. It's so ridiculous. It's cheating. It's like cheating. Don't you miss a great play in the hole by a shortstop? Don't you miss great plays down the line by different plays? The shifting is really wrong. ruined baseball for me. And the other thing is, too, I can't stand the five-inning pitcher. Aaron Boone, can you just sit in the dugout and have a meal, okay, and let a pitcher go six innings, at least seven innings? Why can't a guy go more than five innings in Major League Baseball anymore, Danielle? Well, I don't know. Well, that is, and Robbie, awesome call. Oh, sorry about that. But awesome call. Great points there. You know, a couple things. First of all, the Rangers aren't mathematically eliminated just yet, but their elimination number is one single point. So any point they lose or that the Bruins, you know, gain, it's they will be out of the playoffs. So, you know, the inevitable. It's inevitable, right? They're a young team. They're an up-and-coming team. As I sit here and look at a Gilbert jersey hanging on the wall here uh, in the Boomer and Carton studio. I mean, I'm sorry, in the Boomer and Geo studio. Uh, but... The the format of the hockey, how they did it. Okay, I, I I I okay, I like it. I like it because it creates rivalries, inherent rivalries, right? I like that. But unfortunately for the Rangers, as you laid out beautifully, there's some really stiff competition in their division. Um, I do like though. I like the idea of it. I think it was a little much playing each other so often, but you know it is what it is in this season. And I think it's a good, you know, it's going to make the Rangers better in the long term because, uh, you know, when we try to get games for our team and when we you know, are gearing up for our state run, we always, we don't want to play like, you know, the Detroit Tigers. We want to get an independent game versus the, the, the Dodgers, for example. So by playing this up competition, these Rangers, these, these young Rangers, I think, you know, they're going to benefit by it. It might not look like it right now, of course, but... They, they will benefit by it. And as far as the shifting, I don't know. Lorton had a bunt. Just try it. Get a bunt down, Tyler Wade. Get a bunt down, Aaron Hicks. They keep trying. It doesn't work. Once you do that, then you'll have regular regular fielders playing you straight up. And then final thing, forget to more of your calls, Aziz Ojolari. You know, I, I tweeted a picture of my little draft Bible. I'm not tweeting the whole thing. This is mine. I did this. I worked hours and days on this. But I gave you a little snippet. 
And I wrote uh, Aziz Ojolari, uh, Georgia, red shirt, sophomore. These are notes I had. And I wrote, hopefully he's there in round two. Wow, nice player for round two. The Giants not only went and got him at that juncture in round two, but they traded down with the Dolphins. And they got that player, who they were probably going to take at 42, they got him at 50, and they got a 2022 third-round pick from the Dolphins. So, you know, collectively, that that was an A-plus move by Dave Gettleman. That was the best move he made in the entire draft, besides getting the first-round draft pick from, from the Chicago Bears, of course. But with the pick, I, I'm not crazy about the pick. That I mean, I'm not crazy about the pick. Okay, let's go to John in Staten Island, of course, in the order that you guys called, of course. John in Staten Island, you're up next on the fan. Hey, good morning. How are good you? Morning. The only person that gets me up at 2 o'clock. Yes, I, don't know. I love it, John. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for setting the alarm. Great, great opening, great opening. Thank you. Four hours. I, I would get up for nobody else at 2 o'clock. I'll just tell you that. Oh, thank you. Well, maybe one day, John, maybe one day we won't have to set our alarms. Maybe one day. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Sad thing it. Is I didn't even set it. Sad thing. I didn't even set it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the mess are killing me. They're slowly killing me. But, uh, you know, this boy with... Uh, Lindor, what do you think of this? Uh, I mean, why would anybody want to come to New York? Yeah, welcome to New York, you, right? Yeah, between that or taxis, the city's going down, and then you're going to boo a guy. You know, come on. You, you can't boo players. Nobody's going to want to come here. They're killing me. Yeah, I mean. And, and I did go. I did go to another DeGrom game. I was there Wednesday night. I've gone to two games. They scored one run in two games. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. you got to stay home. you got to watch the DeGrom games on your TV. I, I know. They, they keep asking me, score runs. They, they give me surveys, score runs, please. <laughs> I can't take let's go Mets, and you, you're not even going to have one runner on second base. It was bad. <laughs> I know. You know, this Lindor booing thing, though. I mean, it's, just, it's people that are just frustrated with the dollar amount that he was giving. And this is the Yankees fans. Boo. John Carlos stand all the time that you know it's just it's just the passionate fan base I, I understand it I get it however it's a month into the season again we'll, we'll go over this again we, we are a month into the season he's in a brand new league he's in a brand new city he's facing brand new pitchers you know because he came from the AL and now he's in the NL it's a whole different little shift a big shift in fact he heats up in May. Francisco Lindor has a lifetime batting average of over 300 in May. He is going to do fine. So Mets fans, pull right. your Jets, Mets fans. <laughs> I hope you're right. I have I have him in my fantasy league. He has one point this week. He's killing me. Yeah, he'll be I have all right. too many Mets. This is killing me. <laughs> wow, you're a ho- that sounds like you're a homer there, John. Oh, I, I have hit my, hit my keys. Mets and Yankees. Oh, come on. You can't but, do but I got that. Judge. Judge is getting hot at least. Yes, Judge is getting hot. How many points did he give you this week? I think 36. Nice. So nice. He's, he's carrying me this week. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and, uh, you know, your, your boy Gettleman did a good job. I, I, you know, I, I love that guy, Devontae Smith. I don't understand how he's the third receiver. He's the best receiver last year. He was phenomenal. Yeah, he was you know? He was my third receiver on, on the board. And, and, John, thanks for the call. When, when you know, when I went through this, um, I – yeah, I, I take my time and I go through this, and and I'm flipping back to the page here of wide receivers. I'm trying to find it. Uh, I had three wide receivers in my top tier. Number one was Jaden Waddle, went to the Dolphins. Number two was Jamar Chase, went to the Bengals, um, and then I had Devonte Smith. Obviously, he went to the Eagles. You know, you could talk about all you want, but he's. This is what scouts say about him: bone thin, with playing weight near one seventy for a six foot frame. I mean, that guy can just get jammed right off the line of scrimmage at the NFL level. I mean, 
feisty but lacking average play strength. Strength, you know, there's a lot of question marks with him. Sure, he's the Heisman winner. Sure, yes, yes, yes. He'll be okay when he's put in, into the right situation. But I would, I can't, I wouldn't be able to justify trading up for him like the Eagles did. I, I think the Giants did fine in, in standing pat at that. I just wish that they didn't. I mean, Kadarius Tony. I mean. I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I'm not sold on him. I'm just not, you know, and I just wish the Giants, I mean, look at the guys that were, were on the board still behind him. I just wish the Giants picked really any one of those, any other one of those. Cause again, they have Slayton, they have Galladay, they have, um, um, what's his name? Shepard. I mean, they're okay. They're okay with pass catchers. I don't know if they need another one at, at that juncture, seeing that my top three and a lot of people's top threes were off the board. I said that to you guys you know, last week. I said, listen, if any of these top three guys are off the board by the time the Giants pick, then I'm going defense. And they didn't listen. They didn't listen. All right, we can hit, yeah, Kevin and Copig real quick. Kevin, what's up? You're up on the fan. What's up, Danielle? How are you? How was the draft? What do you think? Uh, I didn't really watch, but uh, Michael Corleone finished the job tonight. Yeah. Oh, come on. His name is Conforto. Let's not go in uh, the mob route here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Let's I not do not. a stereotype here, Kevin. But now it's Ferris Bueller's day off from church. What do you mean? Because David Peterson, like George Peterson and uh, Ferris Bueller. You know, that's a movie I've never seen. You're kidding me. No, I've never seen it. Yeah, Did I know. You... People are probably yelling at their radios right now. No, I haven't seen it. This is George Peterson. No, but... um. <laughs> But Danielle, um, so yeah, I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm not going to shave today because I, we, we really got to get this W. Because it's just, you know what? You know what's really crazy is that I've been telling like old people on the street, Trump is from Queens and Biden is from supposedly Scranton, Pennsylvania. So I got really nervous this weekend. Why? I don't know. Just that's like a huge storyline. I mean, that, that was the presidential election. Like Trump's from Queens and Biden. Biden. He was born in Wilmington, but he says he's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right? Kevin, you know we don't do politics on here. I got to drop you for that. What there's no sorry, I'm sorry, dude, but to mention a name like Trump, to ne- mention a name like Biden on a sports talk radio station on my show, nah, we're good. I'm good on that because you know why that just spurns more calls. And uh, this is not a political show, and I know you weren't trying to be political, but people that are listening are you know, fires people up. It's not a, a political show here, but uh, don't shave the Mets might win again. Uh, you sound like a, a, a uh. Real um, stereotypical, uh, not stereotypical. What's that called? What's that called? Prototypical? No, no, no. Where you stereotype? No, not a stereotype. I can't think of a word, man. Where you don't do, where you don't do something, and then it happens. Like you wear the same socks, and then you win a game. You don't shave your beard, you win a game. Yeah. Oh I'm, God, I'm Nick. On this too. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Hold on, I'll get back to you. Oh, superstitious. Superstitious. There you go. There's the word. Yes, you sound like a real superstitious. Thank you, Nick. You sound like a real superstitious guy. Don't shave your beard. We'll see what happens. Don't like the stereotype of Michael Corleone. Let's not go there. The guy's name is Michael Conforto. Nice Italian-American baseball player. And he's coming through. He's, he's heating up for the Mets. Michael Conforto is heating up for the New York Mets. Get excited, everybody. I'm telling you. Mets had a slow start. But their, their philosophy at the plate is something that I that I mesh with, something that I gel with. And of course, th- this new guy, this new Donnie Stevenson, dot, 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 dot. Hey, um, he's got the guys. He, this is Conforto. He said he's got the boys all fired up and ready to go. This is obviously not a real person. 
So my question to you guys, and maybe I'll tweet it here, who is Donnie Stevenson? Because he's obviously he's not a real person. So I'm wondering, a guy that fires everybody else up, talks about approach, he's a hitting approach guy. I don't know, I'm looking at... I mean, Brandon Nimmo being, but he's he's sort of quiet. Brandon Nimmo. I don't. Maybe it's maybe it's Lindor. Maybe it's Alonzo. I don't know. I'll take your best guesses on on who this Donnie Stevenson could potentially be. And of course, it was NFL Draft Weekend. Jets giving him an A. I am giving the Jets a real solid A. Giants. Um, I'm going B minus. I love the Aziz. Ojolari, you know, trade down and still get. I love that. Kadarius Tony, um, on that one. And then what really kind of knocked the Giants for me was one, they didn't address the offensive line at all. Not even taking a flyer on a guy. And then they, they drafted four cornerbacks. That's a real crowded room with Adoree Jackson and uh and Bradbury. It's a real crowded room. So hang tight, 877-337-6666 is the number. You guys hang tight. I see you on hold. There is one line open for you. If you can't get through, tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Hang in. Here's a quick Danielle McCartney, Sports Radio, 1019 FM, the fan, W-F-A-N. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan, everybody. This has been some intense NFL draft talk, and I am so here for it. I am so ready for it. Uh, the Yankees are finally starting to get hot. Namely, uh, I don't know, Aaron Judge, finally, after that mysterious lower body injury. What are we, the NHL? I think Aaron Boone is mistaking MLB for the NHL, considering it an, a, a lower body injury, which, of course, NHL doesn't really tell any specific injuries. And this whole thing about this, 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 oh, I can't even, it makes me mad even just thinking about it. Sitting John Carlos Stanton, who has an eight game hitting streak. Sitting Gio Urshela, who's hitting 350 over his past five games with seven RBIs. Just because the computer tells you to do it, Aaron Boone, doesn't mean you should actually do it. And I know it didn't really matter because the Yankees did win. But again, they did play the Detroit Tigers. And of course, the Mets. The Mets are coming alive. The bats are heating up. Michael Conforto hit one over the fence in right field. Make it a 5-4 Mets. Top of the ninth. Lead off. Put one in the seats. I'm telling you guys, the Mets are heating up and Lindor is going to be next. Lindor will be next. And we are on a mission to figure out who this Donnie Stevenson is tonight. It dawned on me during his update, Kevin Dexter's update, that maybe we're looking in the wrong spot. Maybe, just maybe, the owner of the Donnie Stevenson, obviously parody account, there is no person named that. I think I have an answer. I think it's Jacob deGrom. Yeah. He the guy he doesn't have a Twitter anyway, right? So it's not technically a burner account. And he's like a goofy dude, actually. And I mean, first time I ever in interacted with him. I t I tell this story because I really I love this story. I'm, I'm interviewing Michael Conforto, by the way, in and their lockers are well, their their lockers when I were there. When I was there, uh I guess it wasn't it's not, it wasn't this year, and it wasn't last year, obviously. It was the season before that. I was there. Their lockers are right next to each other, DeGrom and Conforto, by the way. They were, or they used to be. And I'm interviewing Conforto, and, and Jacob DeGrom walks over 
you know, to be like the camera dude. And he starts making faces and stuff, trying to get us to laugh, like, you know, directing it, you know, in the background. So it's, 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 it was very funny, but he's a goofy dude. So I'm thinking who gets, who gets the guys fired up? I would think it's Jacob deGrom. I know he's like a quiet type, but that's who I think it is. I think Donnie Stevenson, there it is. I, I figured it out. I should be a detective. Donnie Stevenson, Jacob deGrom, you will fi- you will hear that tomorrow and you will think of me. And if I'm wrong, you're, you're going to think of me too. All right, let's go to the calls. 877-337-6666. Dave, in West Babylon, you are up on the fan. Yeah, hey, Coach. Are, How are you, you ready for it? Are yeah. you ready for my Tony rant? All right, tell me. All right, here we go. First keep keep off, it clean. Keep it clean. No, no, no. Uh, I'm keeping it clean. Okay. Urban Meyer from Jacksonville. Yeah. He he. There's a, a story out there that he was heartbroken that he couldn't take take Tony at at uh, 25. Hmm. How how does your player feel? How does your draftee feel when he hears that? Mm. Knucklehead. Well, yeah, that's, that's like that's like a, a first year head coach, you know, gaff I, there. Wow. You know, that's the first one. Yeah. Number two. All right. Mr. Joe Judge, I remember Joe Judge when he first came out and he said what the identity of the of our football team was going to be: mm-hmm. smash mouth, blue collar yes. football. We are not entertainers; we are football players. Mm-hmm. What happens now? We get an entertainer for the first for the first round pick. Mm-hmm. A human joystick has problems catching easy passes. Does not go off his routes by by cornerbacks. You know, um, but he he's a highlight reel. I don't care about highlights. Right. I care about winning football games. Yeah. Okay, number three. We had this with Odell Beckham. We had this with DeAndre Baker. I really don't want to hear, like, as soon as we draft this guy, I go on, I check his newsreels, mm-hmm. that he found, uh, uh, that police found an AR-15 in the back of his car, mm-hmm. and he said the reason he had it was to protect himself from a group of guys that he was in trouble with or, mm-hmm. or that were, like, chasing him or whatever. I, was, I mean, come on. Really? I would, if you, if, if uh, Gettleman and Judge were really that dead set on getting a wide receiver, just get Rashad Bateman and, and, and go forward. Uh, I, would have, I would have been fine with that. You know, he he does not have the issues off the field, on the field, the injury issues, you know, and some of the some of the issues with his size and, and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Now people are raving about Tony actually, mm-hmm. but I don't see him lasting past his rookie contract. I hope I'm wrong. Now everything else that the Giants did to me I I really like. You know, I love them getting for the future if they can draft somebody that makes sense. But them, you know, and to add insult to injury, you wait until you go to the undrafted free agents and once again you get a couple of offensive linemen. Really? We're going to do that again? You like four so cornerbacks? But you like four cornerbacks? Um, they were <laughs> They were talking about getting another cornerback. Now, is that insurance? I don't know. Um, personally, you know, at at number one, you couldn't find an O lineman. At number four, you couldn't find a lineman. Mm-hmm. I I didn't really understand the cornerback either, to be honest with you. Right. To me, as you said, Ojolari was a home run. Mm-hmm. They walked into that home run, but you get a third round pick and you get your guy. Yes. 
and you get that, you know, you get that connection. He was roommates with Andrew Thomas. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, to me, it was it was okay. I heard that they had uh, connections with his kid. There were a couple of guys. I don't really know enough about them yet. So, Well, you're tuned into the right show. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, in, terms of, in terms of Jets versus Giants players, you guys blew us out. Of, by the way, you got my guy. You got, uh, you know, Veristock. That's mm-hmm. the guy I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I thought originally, I thought that the Giants were going to try to get him at 20, but you guys jumped. I don't think they were going to. They they were focused on a wide receiver. I don't understand that. Yeah, total tunnel vision, right? I, I, I don't get that at all. I say that maybe, just maybe, for the future picks, the Giants may have won the draft in the long run if they do the right thing. Now the Jets, you guys, you guys blew us out of the water in terms of in terms of players, I think. And you got two guys with the same name, so that's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah, and you I, know. I had a tweet. Dave, thanks for the call. Um, and I, and I had a tweet from. I can't find it right this second. They played each other. Those two guys, they played each other. The Jets drafted two guys with the same name that played e- against each other in college football. And going back to this this thing and what I was kind of reading, skimming, as as you were talking there, Dave. Kadarius Tony was one of seven Florida Gators suspended for, this is a quote, not living up to the Gator standard. I know I would have been extremely interested to hear exactly what that meant and what that was about. Yes, he, in fact, he was pulled over in possession of an AR-15. An AR-15. And it was not actually in his hands at the time of the stop, and he was not charged. So here's here's the thing. Joe Judge, right? You know, Joe Judge... He, he's the guy, like, you trust him, don't you, right? So he hired this guy, Jeremy Pruitt. He's the senior uh, defensive assistant. Jerry, Jeremy Pruitt is the senior defensive assistant, and that was a Joe Judge hire. Pruitt recruited this guy out of high school. And this is, I'm just going to read you a quote from, from Joe Judge. He said, listen, we use every resource we have, okay? Jeremy Pruitt, who is in our building, Jeremy recruited him out of high school. So we have it, the people in this building with established relationships who have known this guy, Tony, through the course of not only being in college, but going back to when they were in high school developing as a player. We have numerous coaches that have spent a long time recruiting, and we have this guy in summer camps for multiple days at a time and extended exposure to him and had extended exposure to him. We had guys at the pro day. We had Zoom meetings that were allotted by the league, and we used those and phone calls. Joe Judge seems to be, I don't know, okay with it. So I guess for right now you got to let it go. If if Joe Judge is is, is okay with it, I, I guess you got to let it go. But for me, I, I'm just concerned about the effort. Route speed looks turned down at times. Route inefficiencies will need to be corrected. Inefficiencies. I, I don't know what that means. And too much freestyling and wasted motion in and out of the breaks. That's probably what that means. Issues with contested catches underneath. I mean, so the, so the, what are we doing here? He's not going to be the number one wide receiver because that's Kenny Galladay, right? That's what the Giants paid him for. I don't. I, where does he fit in? So I don't know. And, and by the way, in his first three years, in 27 games, 
50 catches, 606 yards, only two touchdowns. But in 2020, something happened. In 2020 alone, 70 catches, just about 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So I don't know. But I'm still going with not a fan. Let's go to Rick in West Palm Beach. You're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Hey, um, before uh, we go on, I just wanted to give you a heads up about something. Um, my family's sleeping at home. I'm in a different room. <laughs> so if my wife wakes up. Um, I'm going to tell her I'm talking to Jake from State Farm. And if she asks you what you're wearing, just tell her you're wearing khakis, okay? I got it. I got it. <laughs> yes, right. I'm wearing khakis. Yes. Cool. So funny you got lot, right. Thank you. That's funny. There's a, there's a lot that I wanted to kind of bring up a little bit of everything. Okay. Let me take notes. But, um, Go ahead. Yeah. All right. I know you and I have spoken on Twitter about, I know you're a big fan fan. And, and I, I've been uh, with the whole Zach Wilson stuff. And we've been back and forth. Yeah. With them stuff. Um, I think that, um, I, you know, one, one thing that I liked about Joe, that Joe came in, he got hired after, what's that, the 2019 draft, right? Yeah. After so. the draft was already done, he came in. Mm-hmm. And I think he came in with a game plan. He said, okay, um, I'm coming in with a plan. I want to clear the, I want to clear the, uh, kind of clear the roster. Yeah. Free up the cap room. I, right. Free up the cap room and add draft picks. And I think he's done all three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, he wanted to bring in his own QB. Yep. Um, and he wanted to, um, and, and, and I think he's that game time. He's, he's been doing it with this draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, and I know you wanted to give Sam a, a chance. And I think the big, the, the, I think Zach stated with the new offense a lot better than Sam in their eyes. And I think, uh, a lot of a lot of the Sam fans have the hey, let's give Sam some weapons and an O line and and then the big thing was they always, they always said let's see what Sam can do. It's always let's see what he can do. It wasn't like oh I know he's going to do it and I think that was the big question mark when it came to Sam. Well, I think and yeah. also too they just ran out of time with him too. Like like you said, yeah. we could see he, what he can do, but you know it, the, the, it, it was bad. It was bad timing on Sam's part. On um, it was yeah. just. A, a mm-hmm. bad perfect storm on his on his end. Yeah, and he's he, and he suffered the consequences Correct. of the 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 last regime and the new regime. He was stuck in the middle. Yes, you know what I mean. Yep, totally agree. So so moving on with the the draft, I I really liked what Joe did with the draft. Um, I know a couple guys were like on um, um, the media were like they gave the second pick a B plus because. They thought that they needed a corner, and I agree that the team needs a lot of a lot of different players. They need a wide receiver, a yes. corner, a tight end, mm-hmm. everything. But you can't just pass up a more on a second pick. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you're going to be overreaching with with Samuels, the the corner that was there who went like I think ten picks later. You go with this kid because this kid had like 1,200 yards in eight games. And I'm like, imagine if he played a full season. I mean, what is what is uh you know, what his numbers would have looked like, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. yeah. I, and, and I thought that he, later on in the draft, he went with a lot of hybrid players that I think, remember when they tried to draft that guy, Neil, from um, Atlanta during the offseason, the safety? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but Jeff tried, and then I think I forgot what team he ended up going with. 
he was that hybrid type of player that can kind of move around. And I think that's the type of player on defense they're trying to go with with the hybrid where they can move around a lot. Yes. So yep. kind of disguise themselves with the, yep. you know, on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much what I, you know, what I want to say. I, and I, I think jumping around a little bit, I think you and I spoke about McNeil uh, with the Mets about second base. I mean, about a batting second and third. Um, I think them dropping him to the six, seven spot. I think it's messing up with his swing. I think now he's being, trying to be more of a power hitter than the type of hitter that he is, which is getting on base and, and an average guy. And I think as a ball player, when you're, when you're taken out of the element, it sounds stupid, but I know me when I was a leadoff hitter playing ball and they dropped me one game to the seventh hole or the sixth hole. Now I'm trying to hit for power and not, right. not playing to my game and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, good point. There, and right? I like how, and yeah. I like how the Knicks are playing this. I, I like the game plan that the GM has done with the Knicks yeah. there, um, and and everything. So uh, I think the, what what's happening with the Knicks, I think it's going to happen with the Jets. And I hope fans remember that this is a process. Yes. They did a lot of big things today, and next year they got another ten picks Mm-hmm. and two number ones, a couple number twos, and then more cash space. Yep. So the future, in my opinion, in my eyes, looks look very bright for the Jets. And yeah. thank you for the time. Rick, thanks for the call there. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks preaching patience, of course, and, and the Jets, the same thing, patience. And you said it perfectly right at the end there. Um, the Jets are, are, are set up again next year. And my God, what they can do next year. We'll have to just wait and see. But they're in a good position to do some damage. And, and we could talk about it. You know, I know I'm up against the update here. Uh, I'm in a commercial break here. But what the Jets did in the late rounds, round six in particular, I think they did. They, they picked uh, 186 was, uh, let me look, Hamza Nazir Dillian, Nazir, Nazir Ildin, safety of Florida State. They had round uh, at 200. They picked Brandon Eccles, cornerback out of Kentucky. And 207, they picked Jonathan Marshall, defensive tackle, Arkansas. I think those three guys have huge upside. And, of course, we could talk about that as well. We'll take your Giants, Jets, Yankees, Mets, even some basketball, and even some hockey calls tonight if you'd like. 877-337-6666. It's a Sunday afternoon filled with hardball and hoops. First up at 1225, it's the Yanks and Detroit Tigers, with the game being heard in its entirety on Sports Radio 66, WFAN AM, and streaming at WFAN.com. Then at 320, the Brooklyn Nets head to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, with the Nets game streaming on WFAN2.com and on your radio at Sports Radio 1019, WFAN-FM. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan. I'm Danielle McCartan. I'm your hostess till 6 a.m. here on this early Sunday morning. If you can't get through on the phones, by the way, the phone number is 877-337-6666. I am scrolling through tweets. Oh, man, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Always some good ones coming through. Um, But... With the NFL draft, someone asked on Facebook, actually, facebook.com slash Coach McCartan as well. Someone asked, what shirt am I wearing tonight? That's always a thing. Everybody likes to know what, because you know what? I always like to involve involve you guys. You guys always, you know, I like the input. So with the NFL draft happening over the past couple days, the Yankees are busting out finally. And the Mets, you know, they're heating up. Let's just put it that way. Which team shirt am I wearing tonight? 
Well, obviously, I asked you guys. I put it to a vote on Twitter Saturday morning, as I often do. It must be some super draft excitement and optimism because Jets fans turned out in droves to my poll. 50% of voters picked that I wear a Jets something tonight. So here I am. Got a Jets t-shirt on. Jets 50%. Giants had a 27%. Yankees had 10 The Mets had... Oh, I should flip that. Mets had 13%. Yankees garnered 10% of the vote. So Jets fans, I know you're pumped up. I know you're excited. Let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. As we enter the Zach Wilson era of New York Jets football. Ken in Queens. You're up on the fan. Oh, Danielle. You're my favorite second Danielle. I always tell you that because my daughter is the first Danielle. Oh, of course. I'm not trying to place your daughter. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate the compliment there. <laughs> oh, God. I have so many questions and okay. uh, you have answers and I have, I'm going to tell you what I know. Then I want to hear, of course, what you know. Okay. Let's do it. Number one, mm-hmm. the fourth round. I was surprised the Jets gave up that fourth round pick. That they got from Minnesota the day before. They gave it up. I don't, I don't know if it was the Packers or whoever it might have been. And I think they got an extra six-round pick. But I was just wondering why they would give up a fourth round because you're probably going to get a better play in the fourth round than you might get in the sixth round. You know what? That is one question that I don't have the answer to. I have a whole packet full of stuff, and I don't have the answer to that question. I'm not sure. Okay, because I was hoping they would get that kicker, McPherson, Evan McPherson, and then Cincinnati took him in the fifth round. Mm. Well, they did go Michael Carter, though. Did you, did you hear the interview I did with uh, Connie, who used to scout for the Jets? She loved yeah, yeah. She loved the two uh-huh. running backs out of, uh, out of North Carolina. And, and you know what? I should have followed up with her, but I'm sure she's really happy because they ended up getting one of them. Yeah, and they said uh, that the wide receiver mm-hmm. – the steal of the draft at at wide receiver Elijah Moore was the steal of the draft mm. as far as re- receiver goes. Okay, mm. and you know da- Daniel Jeremiah is very close with Douglas from his Baltimore days, mm. from his Philly days when he was scout over there, and I think he's whispering in his ear because. He said on the show I was watching NFL, who did, you know, the Jets going to take? And he was right on with Michael Carter, right? Then, same thing with Elijah Moore. And then when they took, uh, it was between uh, Cox, the linebacker, and I think it was uh, between, oh yeah, Cox and Michael Carter. And of course, they took Michael Carter, the running back, which I was happy about. Mm-hmm. And as far as these guys that I'm hearing, this safety from FSU, he's 6'3 and a half. He plays basketball. He's supposed to be really something. Yes. He, uh, you know, and I, I, he might not even be a safety. He could be a linebacker for them, they're saying. So, Ken, the, this, the this court, is, yes. The quarterback they got out of Kentucky. Hold on, hold on. Slow down. Uh, slow down. Okay, I'll give you time. Hold on, hold on. This is, I, I wanted okay. to talk about the safety out of Florida State. And that was the, the one guy I mentioned right before the break, Nazir Ildin. Nazir Ildin. Listen, he. I, yeah, I, I can't I, pronounce his name. I know, <laughs> and I feel bad. Let me try it again. Nazareel Din. I think that's what it is. Hamza Nazareel Din. He, I had him colored in green. I kind of like him. You know what? He, he's, a, first of all, high character guy. I have a note. He made road trips to offer guidance and leadership to younger players and was celebrated by the entire sideline after he had an interception after uh, coming back after an ACL tear. I, the, the guy, this is what scouts say. He's a willing leader, a good teammate, 
a hard worker who has played for three different head coaches, believe it or not. So mm-hmm. I like him. He was projected to yeah. go in round five. Jets got him in round six. I, I, I like him a lot, actually. And he's big. He's six, three and a half. They yeah. say he can dunk a basketball. Yeah. He plays basketball also. I'm hearing, you know, like I said, good things about him. I'm also hearing about the Sherwood guy they got. I believe in the fifth round, he can be a linebacker. He's also listed as a safety, but he can also play linebacker, they're saying. Uh, sure. Jamie and Sherwood. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay, so I actually... Okay, here's what I said about him. I actually colored him red. I have, I have a little, I have green is good, yellow is all right, orange is like not so good, and then I have red. And I colored him red, actually. So the round five, 146, Jamie and Sherwood, safety out of Auburn. What I wrote was I, he was picked too high for my liking, actually, and because because the projection was in the sixth or seventh round. The Jets kind of reached for him, I think. I think really reached in round five for him. Um, I just think, let me see what the scouts are saying here. Occasional confusion against route combinations and bunch sets. That's not really that good. I mean, you're not really studying to me. Um, mm-hmm. It says, uh, um, lacks athletic talent and speed to play over the top. Ineffective hand placement on taking on the block, but everything... He's listed as a safety, though, right? He's listed as a safety, right? And he's fast, mm-hmm. physical... He's a short-circuiting receiver screens from the slot. Fierce hitter intimidates receivers over the middle. That I kind of like about him. But I just think that the reason why I colored him red because I just he was just picked too high for my liking. That's all. Oh, because they love them on NFL. They said he could. They, he 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 he's the type of player that Salah would have all over the place in his kind of system. Yeah. He'd have them roving all over the place. You know, from this coming from here, coming from there. That's the kind of player he was. That he possibly could be an outside linebacker. That's what they said. Kinda, I don't know. You know, nobody think, knows. Yeah. The scouts usually could be wrong a million times right. too. But kind of reminds me of what you were just saying of, of Jamal Adams, right? That guy can play everywhere. He, that's what I loved about him. Yeah. Now, what, now, I want to ask you two more things. The yeah. cornerback from Kentucky, what are you hearing about him? Cornerback from Kentucky, Brandon Eccles. They picked him round six, mm-hmm. number 200. Uh, okay, so I colored him green, actually, and this is in the sixth round the Jets had him. I liked, I always liked guys. So he was a he was a wide receiver, and then he, con- he converted to cornerback. And I always liked them because they understand it from both ends, both offensively and defensively. So that, to me, I wrote down right away, sounds like an instinctual guy. That's what I wrote down. Uh-huh. The, the scouts are saying, uh, where is it? Basically that he was an instinctual guy as well. So I like that. Uh, I know he's not going to be immediate, uh, but I'm intrigued. I use the word intrigued. Uh, again, a cornerback the Jets are barren at, so it wouldn't surprise me if this guy takes a big jump. Uh, he... he so what they said was elite athletic talent, four three five forty yard dash time, uh, mm. yeah, forty two and a half inch vertical jump, reads and anticipates route turns, good burst to close out separation. Um, although he's and then the cons are he's a little thin, um, dropped two would be interceptions, overruns comeback routes, and will get bodied up by big receivers. Mm. But I call wow. him green. I, I, I'm intrigued. I, I would say I'm intrigued by him for sure. Absolutely, yes. Okay, now the corner. Let me hear if you're hearing this about Michael Carter the second. He's a safety, but the Jets have ideas of playing or trying him out at cornerback. Did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I, I believe he's he's listed as a corner. He is listed as a cornerback out of Duke. So this is around five, number one fifty four. Michael Carter the second. Oh, he is listed as a cornerback. Yeah, I have it on my notes. Let me just double check it with the Jets. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, it's so tiny. Yeah, uh, yeah, cornerback out of Duke. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, good. Yeah, because uh, they're very high on him. And, of course, Michael Carter, the running back, I love that guy. I'm telling you, I said to myself, I think it was either between him and Cox. And I love the linebacker Cox. I really wanted the Jets to get him. But I'd rather have Michael Carter, the running back. Although, like I said, I did love Cox, and I heard a lot of good things about him, and they do need linebackers, the Jets, but you have to take Carter, and they did, and I love Michael Carter. All right, and, and Ben, and, and Ken, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call you, because there's Ben on hold, I just, my, that's where my eyes landed. Ken, awesome call, thanks for that, I appreciate it. I hope I answered most of it, at least, right? Uh, just the fourth round, why did the Jets give up that fourth round pick? If you can find that out for yeah. me, I'll be listening. Yeah, why did, I'm writing it down, why did Jets give up the Fourth it was the fourth round pick they got from Minnesota the day before. From Min. Got it. I'm on it. And also a kicker. That Jose is a free agent. See if the Jets have any interest in him. And what was his name again? Jose something. I can't remember okay. his last right. name. Okay. He's they need a kicker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, He's they the do. Second best kicker behind McPherson, who I wish they would have gone after. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll take a look into it. And Ken, thanks for the call. I'll be listening. It. Uh, so the one thing I do want to add on to that was, I, I'm oh my god, I wanted I told you guys this, I wanted Trey Sermon so badly, so badly for the Jets, and I really thought they 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 had the hundred and seven, one oh seven, right? This is round four. Now this is where the the Jets ended up picking Michael Carter, the running back, excuse me, out of North Carolina. I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my god, Trey Sermon's gonna fall to them. Trey Sermon's gonna fall to them until the Forty ers traded up to 88 to get him. Ah, oh, I, 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 you know what? I almost was able to work for the Jets in their draft room. I should have been in their war room, honestly, And if, if I hit on that pick. I mean, come on. But actually, so Michael Carter was actually my next ranked wide uh, running back after Trey Sermon. So, and, and like I mentioned, Connie, Connie Carberg, the former Jet Scout who I had on, well, I guess it was three weeks ago at this point in time, she suggested him. She suggested actually both running backs from North Carolina. So she must be very happy. Uh, I'm sure she's sleeping now. I could probably uh, send her a message and I'll let you know. But I would say that this uh, the Michael Carter, the running back, I, I think he's – I wrote down – I'd say he's like a Le'Veon Bell type. Patient, can be used in the screen game. Over the last two seasons, he had 380 touches and only one fumble. That's pretty cool. Will protect his quarterback. You know, he tracks blitzers pretty well. Return kicks. Um, the only knocks on him was that his his feel and his for the run lean is average. This is from the scouts. Average creativity and eluding at the second level. Top end speed appears to be very average. But but then but then he had the most twenty plus yards run over the past two seasons in college football. So, you know. You just never know, you know. You just, just, you just don't know, you know. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. And let me take a look here. So uh, let's do, you know, the Kentucky Derby was earlier today. My father, my dad's birthday. It's it's always pretty much around the same time. Sometimes it, it lands on his birthday. So right now. If you're listening, Dad, happy birthday. It's May 2nd, so happy birthday. Um, but the Kentucky Derby is something we always, he likes to watch on TV. I, I didn't really watch it this year, but I'll give you my little 
small, very small take on the Kentucky Derby coming up in just a few seconds. Mets fans, for the best coverage of the New York Mets, look no farther than MetsmerizedOnline.com. Their talented staff of writers are committed to full comprehensive Mets coverage, including exclusive interviews, daily original articles, and great weekly features, and also some in-depth analysis of the Metropolitans and their minor league system. Metsmerized Online is the go-to place for all you diehard Mets fans. So grab your smartphones and grab your tablets and get Metsmerized. Get ready for our Yankees-Astros box office blitz tomorrow from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. with hourly chances to see one of the games coming up this week at Yankee Stadium. It only happens here on your home for Yankees talk, tickets, and every game. The Fan, WFAN, and streaming on WFAN.com. Jets fans around the country, around the world, have some high hopes for their team. And Giants fans as well. I think the Giants are a lot closer than people are, you know, proverbially closer than people are giving them, um, you know, some some credit for. Quickly, quickly, Ken from Queens, I have one answer for you. Jose Borregales, Jose Borregales, the kicker that you were just inquiring about. He looks like he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about seven hours ago. So... Miami kicker Jose Borregales signs with Tampa Bay Bucks as undrafted free agent. So there you go. He is off the proverbial free agency board. And uh, also, by the way, next week, here's a spoiler alert. Now, actually, kind of not because I'm telling you. But next week, uh, I have plans with, I will text again to confirm, Cynthia Freeland will be back next week. And I know that is like a huge... Uh, she's she's great, right? I've never talked to her. And and if you guys are one of the 4,000 people that have seen the video on WFAN's uh, Facebook page, I mean, how great is she? She's awesome. I loved it. Nick, that was a huge... Nick set me up with her. Nick, that was awesome. She's one of my favorite guests of all time. Yeah, it was a really good interview. Thank you. Very glad that we were able to get her on. So, yeah. yeah. So, guess what? She's coming back. So, nice. yes. Yes. So, next weekend, hopefully, fingers crossed that our schedules work out um, and everything because, you know, she's she's not up at this time in the morning. So we do have to pre-record that. So hopefully we can mesh our schedules together uh, late next week and, and we'll get it done. And, and uh, maybe we'll do another video for you guys and maybe we'll jazz it up a little bit. Uh, but quickly, Kentucky Derby, listen, I'm not going to pretend that I literally know everything and anything about picking the right horses to win. I just like playing odds. I like the horse numbers. And you know what? Like she said about the Jets having nice colors, I like the colors. I do. And I like picking them like that. But um, one year I put some money on the horse that the, the Violas own. And that's like the Violas that own the the Florida Panthers. Because, you know, I go to the Italian conference every year and I, and I, I do, we're like, we know each other. I'm not saying I, I run in circles with billionaires, but they know who I am and I know who they are. Obviously, we're we're connected on social media, right? But this year, anyway, I didn't make any bets. And before, you know, before you could do it on your phone, I, I didn't do any. This year, t- I've had a rough week at school this, this week and I just, you know, I was preparing completely for the show all day today since 8 a.m., on Saturday. Um, but um, before you could do it right on your phone, the four of us, me, my mom, my dad, my brother, we used to get in the car on the morning of the Kentucky Derby. This is my dad's big thing. He loved doing it for his birthday. He would drive us down to the Meadowlands. We would put a little money on the horses, just to, you know enough to make it interesting to watch. Nothing crazy, obviously. And you know, I always wanted to go. I always wanted to get dressed up, wear the big hat, the whole thing. 
Maybe one day. But anyway, congratulations to Medina Spirit, who won the 147th running of the Kentucky Derby. And here's John, John Viola, who is the son of Frank Viola. Frank, I guess his name is. Well, whatever the owner of the, the Panthers is. But John who is who I know. He's got a button that says Kentucky Derby 147 known agenda. So I don't know if that's the horse that they own. They, they own a few. I know that. Maybe this year it's it's that one. I know it was a different one um, in last year's race, but whatever. Cool. Good for them. You know what? And I'm glad I didn't put any money on it because I, I would have picked, I was looking at the horse Brooklyn Strong. That's who I would have picked. I just like the name. Ended 15th, so I'm glad I saved myself a couple bucks there. So, all right, back to your calls. 877-337-6666. Andy in Miami, you are up next on the fan. What's up? Good evening, Coach. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. I love the Jets draft. Mm-hmm. I did listen to your uh, female um, scout, and she did love the North Carolina running backs. Mm-hmm. I was hoping they'd get Jalen Williams in the third. Cannot argue with Elijah Moore. Obviously, the skill positions under Adam Guru did not do well, <laughs> and there was a dearth of them, and I, I'm, I'm sure – Sam Darnold must have been watching this from North Carolina saying, I would have liked the first round like this as You know, well. I was thinking that too. But then another thing, I did think of Sam Darnold. The Panthers ended up getting Deontay Brown from, I think... North Carolina, right? No, no. The uh, Well, North Carolina has a wide receiver, Deami Brown. No, Deontay Brown is a, a offensive lineman from Alabama, and he went to the Panthers. So I wanted him for... He was one of the first players that I brought up, actually, before draft season really hit. I liked him, and now Sam Darnold has him. So I'm, I'm glad for Sam. <laughs> I'm glad for him, too. Well, first off, I want to give you props, just like you predicted the Tampa Bay Bucks, <laughs> And you came oh so close with the Buffalo Bills. I know. I, I know. I, that I, was I, the, I mean, nobody was picking the Buffalo Bills as early as you were, mm-hmm. and the Bucks. Yep. You actually picked last week that the Jets would make a trade yep, and that the Jets would package their picks and they would get uh, Varesha Tucker. Yep. You literally predicted this. So <laughs> Sometimes I surprise you are, myself. You are very modest. If a man had done this, they would be beating their chest and saying, <laughs> I told you so, I told you so, you know. Yeah. Maybe even the person whose studio you're named after would have, like, very much taken some victory laps. But you don't do that. But I wanted a call to say, you actually predicted this. I listened to you. And I think you do a lot of research, and I think I was really happy, and I was just smiling, saying, you know, I'm not surprised by that because I heard Danielle McCartan literally say this was going to happen five (laughs) days ago, and it did. You didn't just predict that they'd make a trade. You actually predicted the player they would take, and you got it right. I think you deserve some props for that. Well, thanks. I did say 16 uh, with the Cardinals, but they ended up going 14 with the the Vikings, but close enough, right? And I'm fine with that because, you know, I I don't understand how the Giants – in took four cornerbacks and didn't take – I don't really have a problem with the receiver because I don't think that Evan Ingram has the kind of skill that this kid has. Um, I actually, you know, I watch a lot of SEC because my older son went to Alabama mm-hmm. and I, I really did want the Giants to get Devontae Smith. And as your Cynthia Friedland interview said, I remember her exact words. She didn't care that he was 166 pounds. I know. She just cared that he was a great football player. So, I mean, it's amazing to me that the, 
you got to give the Cowboys credit. They, the Cowboys realized that, look, if we're going to face Devontae Smith <laughs> For the next with the Giants, <laughs> we might as well get a pick out of it yeah. and let the Eagles do it. The yeah. frustrating thing to me is that, you know, Gettleman let that happen. The Eagles needed to be punished from that game they laid down for. And it led to the firing of Peterson. Uh, and the Eagles got away with murder because not only did they lay down to get a better pick than the Giants in that, in that last 17th week game, they ended up making a trade, giving up only a third round pick and getting somebody that I think, and that, you know, your guest last week and your guest next, next week thinks is the best wide receiver on the board. Mm-hmm. And that frustrates me, coach. And the other thing that frustrates me about the Giants, while I love their trade to get the Bears first round, because I think Justin Fields will be a good quarterback. I know. Um, but, I mean, look, I think next year's draft is more valuable than this year's draft. That being said, Justin Fields is a rookie, so I think getting the Bears' first-round pick next year in a draft that's going to be deeper, where they'll have more valuations yes. due to, uh, you know, COVID being less serious, I think that's a great pick, and I give them credit for that. And I love, like you do, um, Ojale. But I'm going to tell you, you know, Tristan Wirfs was better. Andrew Thomas. Yes, I had um, him. I had him number one on my offensive line board. By the actually, way, actually, I remember you. I remember you did. Mm-hmm. And Beckton. Yep, he I was mean, number two. Beckton is 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 way better mm-hmm. than Thomas. And there was a third pick whose name I can't remember. I know. Yeah, also better than Thomas. I know. And I had you're going to tell me. I know. Right. I had him third. And you're going to tell me you go an entire draft and you don't take one lineman, one lineman. And his answer is, "We're good at linemen." He's so stubborn. Mm. I mean, you see how the Jets handled it. They got Vera Tucker in the first round and traded two third-round picks because mm-hmm. they didn't – I mean, how good is Daniel Jones going to be if he's on the ground? Exactly. Exactly. What and am I missing yeah, about I, I, why the Giants didn't need to take a lineman? Can you tell me what I'm missing, Chief? No, I, I don't know because when you look at it, four cornerbacks after signing – Adore Jackson and having James Bradbury go to the pro, you know, be elected to, to the Pro Bowl. I mean, that was very puzzling to me. I just don't understand that. And people that are championing this Giants draft as A, plus, uh, well, then I, I would like them to answer the question, honestly, because I, I can't. No, I can't either. And, it, you know, it's not like they signed any world beater in, you know, as a free agent. I mean, Look, the Jets acknowledged that their line was terrible. And I'm going to be honest, I think the Jets should have taken more than one lineman because they never did protect Darnold. But I will tell you, you know, your your female Connie, Connie Connie's last name, but what was was her last name? Kabar, right. She literally loved both North Carolina running backs. I remember, yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, down here in Miami, North Carolina destroyed us with Jalen Williams and with Michael Carter, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted the Jets to get Jalen Williams, and they didn't have a third-round pick, so they couldn't. Mm-hmm. And you and I talked last week, not just about Devontae Smith, but I told you I loved, you know, Etienne, and I yeah. think, you know, Etienne wasn't even there yeah, with no. the second pick yeah. in, in the uh, second round because Etienne went, Trevor, you know Trevor Lawrence must have a little pull of course. with uh, the coach. Because he got his best friend mm-hmm. in the first round, and I, I, I think that's going to be a really good pick. But I, I think that Michael Carter will surprise you, even though he's not that big. He, he destroyed the Hurricanes last year. He ran for over thirteen hundred yards, having Jalen Williams in the same backfield. That yeah. should tell you how good yeah. Michael Carter is. And I think you're going to be surprised. I really like the Jets' picks, 
And I'm just baffled at the lack of an offensive line with the Giants. Mm -hmm. And I hail you, Coach, because you did the research and you said Vera Tucker would happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wonder if you're as totally happy with the Jets' picks as I am. Oh, yeah. A. A plus. And and by the way, Andy, before I let you go, um, I'm in the Boomer and Geo studio today. So I don't know if either of them would be taking a a victory lap. I know you probably thought I was in the Francesa studio like I usually am. I did. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And I love Francesa. But you know Francesa. I told you this would happen. I predicted it. And you're just not like that. And I think that's honestly, as a man, I can tell you. I think women are just a little more humble than we are, yeah. to be honest. Well, here it is. I'm beating my chest. I told you guys. <laughs> Andy, thanks for the call. We'll talk next week, all right? Thanks a lot, Coach. I told you guys. I predicted it. No, I'm, just, I'm totally – Yeah, you know, listen, I sometimes I surprise myself. And sometimes I do think I was a GM in a past life. Seriously, I do sometimes think that. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Carlo in Kings Park. Obviously, in the order that you guys called, Carlo in Kings Park. You're up next on The Fan. Good morning, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, Daniel. To say I'm happy would be an understatement. Oh, my God. Uh, the Jets hit a... Not only did they hit a home run, I think they might have hit a grand slam. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. You're right. Amazing. Yep. Absolutely amazing. Why couldn't they have done this to Sam? Yeah, well, because it wasn't Joe Douglas picking for him, mostly. They just ran out of time with him, honestly, is what happened. That's true. Um, when they picked... When they picked... Uh, when they picked Tucker... At fourteen, um, no, with the, with, uh, with the uh, second pick, I was like, I almost, I started to cry because I couldn't believe, I just could not believe that they actually are addressing needs that they're supposed to address. Yeah. And then when they drafted Carter, oh my, I'm like, oh, it's like, oh, he's he's an okay, he's an okay running back. No, he's not just an okay running back. He is a he is a diff, he could be a difference maker. That's the oh. I just can't believe I, I'm in shock. Well, they're really just, setting up Zach Wilson to uh, to oh, succeed here. That's for sure. Oh my god, unreal, unbelievable. Um, and as far as as far as the Yankees go, um, I know it's against Detroit, but they're starting to get their mojo. They really are, and it's a good thing. Yep. I couldn't believe yesterday's win. A lot of people haven't realized this. Yesterday's win was not. Based on the home run. Yes, thank you, Carlo, for bringing that up. Yes, yes, I love it. What an amazing thing! Yes, the Yankees, the Yankees actually created runs by not by not the long ball. Mm-hmm. They they moved the runner over. They did this. They did. Wow! I I never thought that could happen in in our lifetime that the Yankees would play small ball right. and win. Yeah. Good for you. So here's a couple notes I wrote down. Just a couple while I was watching the game. Aaron Judge, RBI double, left center gap. DJ LeMay, who scores. I wrote down, love to see it. Then again, you go into the bottom of the sixth. uh, Two outs. RBI single for Judge. Again, taking an outside pitch to right field. Beautiful. Hicks and Sanchez score. Uh, I wrote beautiful, by the way. Uh, Just... You know, good for you for bringing that up because it, you know, in all this draft talk, it might have gotten lost tonight. But oh, I didn't miss it. Good oh, for I you. I didn't miss this because I believe me, I, I'm like a fiend when it when it comes to watching sports. Yeah. I, it's just unbelievable, Daniel. I I I see the little little intricacies that happen in sports because it's like oh, you're it's like you're too much. You you worry about the you worry about the four and eighty when it comes to a pitcher, mm-hmm. and you being a coach, you know what four and eighty means. Four innings, 80 pitches, mm-hmm. and no pitcher wants that. You don't want that. Well, then what do you think about uh, Cole being yanked and, and what was it, Tyone being yanked the other day at like 74 pitches? 
I think it's way when, too early. I, you know, I yeah, just think that they're yanking these pitchers way too early, and they're expressing frustration. Both Cole and oh, I'm sorry, it was Jordan Montgomery, 74 pitches, given the hook on Thursday. Horrible. I hate need it. length. The Yankees need length. If they yep. want to, if they want to save that bullpen, they're going to need length. That's yep. the problem. Because yep. you know, like I said, you don't want four and eighty. And it's like, oh, you're overreacting over that. I go, no, I'm not. Because yeah. look, they know, they know firsthand that you can't kill a pitcher and then you expect the bullpen to do everything all the time. Correct. And believe me, the starting pitchers want to go longer. They really do. I know they do. They really, truly do. I mean, he doesn't have to go by the book on every single thing. If a guy says he can go six, seven innings, guess what? Let him go six, seven innings. Mm -hmm. The pitcher knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really do. I really do believe that. I think that's why I think Boone sometimes just plays it by the book way too much. No, not by the book, by the computer. But whatever yeah, the computer yeah, spits yeah. out, yep. that's what it and is. The analytics, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. The analytics. But sometimes you have to tr- you have to actually you have to trust your gut. Yep. And well, if you could trust your gut he's not good at doing it's a that. Big deal. That's the thing. He's just not good at doing that. Thank you so Boom. much, Danielle. Of course, Carla. Thanks for the call. I'll talk next week. Yeah, Aaron Boone is just just not good at doing the gut feeling. And and the Yankees clearly don't want the gut manager or else Joe Girardi would still be in charge of that team. Clearly. Yes. So, Carla, good for you for bringing that up. Yes. I'm watching that game, and I'm like, this is the Yankee team that I like to see. And I know it was against the Detroit Tigers. But guess what? You got to start somewhere. That's my dad's favorite saying. Happy birthday, Dad. That's your favorite saying. You got to start somewhere. Right? When when my dad says he's going to have two Oreo cookies instead of three, he says, I got to start somewhere. And that's where the Yankees are starting. They're, they're starting somewhere with RBI singles. Another one I wrote down was Glaber Torres, the first run of the game. 1-0 Yankees on a Glaber Torres single with two outs, by the way. I wrote down inside-out swing, no leg kick, no stride, shorten his swing, and put the ball in the hole between first and second base. I wrote down beautiful, staying within himself, DJ LeMay, who scored. That's the Yankees I like to see. That's the type of team and win that's going to get you deep into the postseason and potentially even winning a World Series. Imagine that. And as far as the starting pitching, they're being yanked way too early. And Garrett Cole, uh, I caught, I don't know if you guys caught it, but I caught him really upset in the dugout on Friday night after he was yanked. And Jordan Montgomery took to the press to to express his frustration. We can talk more about that uh, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour here on The Fan. It's just me and you. There's no guest at 440. It's just me and you. Through 6 a.m. So get aboard. 877-337-6666 is the number. And at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N is the Twitter handle. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan. We are rolling right along with two hours to go. This has been a very good NFL draft recap for both our Jets and our Giants. You know, we went really in deep with the, with the Jets, and I just want you guys to know, you Giants fans especially, that I, I went just as deep in my preparation for the Giants. So if you guys want to call up and talk about the Giants for sure, give me a call and we can do that. Uh, something, and by the way, the Yankees are, are surging. The Mets are right on the cusp, but but something that came through, Kevin and Camden, he's, he's always on point here. Um, he's saying that Dave Gettleman is still making moves, and in fact, he is. Um, Dave Gettleman signed uh, you know how they have the, the, the free agents after the draft? Like, Okay, so you know we've been belaboring the point tonight that here's the positions that the Giants drafted this year. Wide receiver, 
linebacker, which was the best pick of the entire draft. And then they picked four cornerbacks. And we keep saying, oh, they never, they never uh, addressed the offensive line. We had okay, but they did after the draft. They signed center guard Brett Hagee, H E G G I E Hagee, from the Florida Gators. And they signed him, you know, quickly just looking at what the scouts are saying. Desired size for an NFL center, has started at both guard and center, um, could be a little lazy with hand placement. You know, this is a below average core and mirror quickness. So, you know, this is just going to be a, a, you know, a prospect here that, that may or may not turn out. Uh, maybe he can be coached up. Who knows? But um, it seems like as though the Giants are trying to address it after the draft, which I'm, I'm not sure if that's, I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is, right? The guy's 6'4", 310. So that is good. some good size on that offensive line for sure. We should just shall see. You know, no one knows how these guys are going to, you know, work, work out. I mean, Ryan Leaf, what was he picked? Second overall? Was he first overall over Peyton Manning? I don't know. I was in like elementary school, but he clearly didn't work out, whereas Peyton Manning did. Trevor Lawrence, is he going to work out or is Zach Wilson going to be better? Is Zach, Will- you know, it's, we, no one knows. Nobody knows. So, Brett Hagee, good luck. Welcome to New York. Welcome to the Giants. And uh, there's that. So 877-337-6666 is the number. At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N is the Twitter. Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan is the Facebook. Okay, back in the order that you guys call. Let's go. Ben in Queens, you're up on the fan. Morning, Coach. How are you, Ben? Before I get into the draft, congratulations to the Islanders. I knew the writing on the wall for my Rangers after the last Islanders victory. Yeah, that was... That that essentially ended any playoff dreams I had. Uh, Your caller earlier, the first hour, had it right. This Islanders team is just as dangerous as they were last year. And now they're playing with confidence. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you let them in the playoffs get up a goal or, God forbid, up two goals, good luck trying to climb out of that hole. Because that, that was, uh, that was uh, 90s Devils-like, what they did to the Rangers today. Yeah. All right? Um, Conforto needed this day. Now, build on it. Right. The Yankees' offense needed this day. They needed the Tigers is what they needed. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm just looking at it. Hey, you could play anybody any given day, right? Yeah. Build on it. You you anybody could have one day, good day of making contact. Build on it. And you know what? As I say this, let me let me step back and look at Stanton and I was very, very mad last week. And you know what? He is trying. So that's my try at making a compliment here. Yeah, but, but come on, Ben. He, he's got an eight-game uh, hitting streak. That's he, what he's, I mean. Yeah, he's more than trying. Listen, I would never see, imagine seeing the day where Yankee fans are upset to see Giancarlo Stanton on the bench, but here we are. I, I know. This, this, was, this was a day where I looked at the lineup, and I was like, uh, he's actually hitting. What are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's the one time we want them in, and well, today happened, so you know there it goes. Now, here's the hilarious thing: I am listening on my, as I'm working on Thursday, mm-hmm. and uh, to the draft, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to the okay. Here's the picks go down. No, no, the Jets trade up to 14. Yeah, who who did Jets grabbing at 14? And when I heard Tucker's name announced, I was like. 
Danielle got this right. <laughs> Holy crap, Danielle nailed it. <laughs> yeah, and then, did. And then I have to hear Kuiper go, well, I was the only one in America that... No! Uh, dude, dude, you... you, you no, he so, did not. He, he went, I I topped Mc, uh, Mache <gasps> on this one. Oh, what? He, he said that on the telecast. I topped Mache on this one. Nobody thought that, that the Jets would trade up. To, <gasps> and I was like, Coach did. <laughs> oh, I got, I, I'm never getting in touch with him, but I got to tweet him and tell him that I did. There's tape. <gasps> you know, because I was in the bar watching it. And, and I, obviously there's no sound in the bar, so I didn't hear that, clearly. <gasps> so, so he he was like my one crowning thing on McShay uh, was I'm the only one that had and I was like <sighs> yeah 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 that goes that was uh, Mel Kiper you said Mel Kiper okay right like if if you get a chance right after they make the pick he goes on for about two minutes to go like I I had the Jets trading up to the and I was like <gasps> oh yeah you did. Okay, that's great. He must have been listening to my show, Ben. That's the only <laughs> conclusion we can draw here. <laughs> All right. Um, otherwise, as a Hurricane fan, I don't know how I feel about freaking a Seminole and, and, and a Tar Heel that just about killed any dreams that I had for, for, for my, my Hurricanes to be in a New Year's Bowl last year. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> what the, the, the key thing here is specialization. All right, what Saha and and Douglas did here was draft five guys in the later round that are not exactly one position, mm-hmm. but they're hybrids. Right. So you, depending on how hard they play, they could fill out safety, cornerback, linebacker. Yeah. All right. So so that that's that's the way I looked at it there. Let's flip over to the Giants real quick. Mm-hmm. And when the Tony thing happened, I thought they were getting Elijah Moore. I was like, Elijah Moore is still on that board. He would help Daniel Jones out a lot. I had him ranked higher, actually. And, yep. And I, again, like I said, he's still on the board. So I was like, this is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. They take Tony from Florida. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, the, the mood in the bar was like the same thing. Like, wow. This was the first draft in a long while. Well, when the Giants fans on the scene looked worse than the Jets fans. Yeah, I agree. Because they all looked at the camera like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah. Because <laughs> if you were going to take a wide receiver, more is on the board. You know, somehow more has made it through. To you, and you didn't grab him. So that's it. But you know what? I agree with the the, the Georgia pick for the outside linebacker because that's something they sorely need. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I actually agree with the running back from Arizona. Yeah. Because he's a burst guy. He will remind Giant fans of the one-two punch back in the day with a David Meggett. Dave Meggett. Yeah. Funny, ben, funny story about Dave Meggett, and thanks for the call. No problem. Funny story about Dave Meggett. I used to be a camp counselor just in town, and I had his daughter in my group, Meggett. I was like, my dad was like, oh, really? That's pretty cool. Dave Meggett's kid. Cool. Um, quick thing. 
I know I got you guys on hold here. Quick thing. Uh, I'm just was looking up, you know, a little bit. Somebody actually it was a tweet. Then, and then I started to really do a little bit of research. This is from Dave Baldanza. He said the Giants signed this kicker. Then they did again. The UFAs a- after the draft, you know, Giant, uh, the Jets signed a kicker. Chris, I guess it's Nagar, N-A-G-G-A-R, Chris Nagar. He was a walk-on, kind of like that story, walk-on for the Texan Long- Texas Longhorns. And then he played four seasons with them. And then he had one season as a graduate transfer at SMU. I kind of like this guy, actually. He, he hit game-winning field goals versus Memphis and Tulane in back-to-back games. Ice in his veins, clearly. And in his, in his final year with SMU, well, his field goal percentage was a little low. Uh, 81%. PATs were at 94%. So, you know, give him a chance. See what happens. I think, what did I see? He, he nailed the 74-yarder or something, I just think I saw on Twitter. So, uh, you know, give him a chance. But the Jets did it did address the kicker position, and it was Chris, I guess you want to say Nagar, I guess is what it is. Okay, let's go back to the calls in the order that you guys called. Let's go to Vernon in Manhattan. You're up next. Hey, how you doing? How's everything? Good, Vernon. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I want to talk about three things real quick. Let's go to the first one. We talked about the guy in the beginning with the Mets who wasn't real. You realize there was one guy in the paper that was written about this guy who threw the fastest fastball. He had one shoe off, and he would throw the ball like a javelin. Do you remember that? Yeah. Was it Trevor Bauer? I can't remember the guy's name. When he threw it over the wall? When he didn't want to come out of the no, no, game? No, he would, he, he would throw the ball so fast that um, it was like over 100-some miles an hour. But it got out in the paper. It was a fake. And a lot of teams were wondering who this guy was. Mm-hmm. But eventually they found the guy, and the guy uh, did admit it wasn't real. I got a chance to meet with him. Uh, they was giving out bobbleheads at the Brooklyn Cyclones about him. And I got him to sign uh, the box at the game, but it was a fake, like a catfish. Huh. <laughs> huh. <laughs> so the, the second one, let's go to um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has not come up yet tonight. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk <laughs> about him. Go ahead. <laughs> you know I'm a Packers fan. What I can't figure out with this guy is he, is he doing another – Brett Favre, because Brett Favre finally did his uh, acting up when he wanted to leave. Did he want to come back? They wouldn't take him back. And they finally put him over in the AFC. He came back. He played for Minnesota to get back at him. So uh, the thing with Aaron Rodgers is just that he needs to calm down. He has a good team with him. Let's not do a Brady move. Let's not leave and go to another team. <laughs> well. I'm going to get a Super Bowl ring. It's not going to work with him. Before I tell you the last thing, yeah. I have to give you your baseball quiz question. Okay, Vernon, tell me. Who was the first manager of the New York Mets? I know people are going to be mad about this one. Yes, they will. And he called them Metsies. Metsies. The Metsies. Uh, I know this might not be right, but the name that popped into my mind right away was was Hodges. Is that right? No, Gil Hodges was with the 69 Mets. The first Mets 
manager of the Mets was Casey Stengel. Oh, what? I read a book about him. I did a whole book thing on him, actually, but as a Yankee manager. Yes, but he was the first Mets manager oh. in 1952. All right. I didn't know that. I, do, I am familiar with Casey Stengel, actually. And Marty Appel did a book about him, and I did it, interviewed him for, for whatever, an article. But, yeah, so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So here's the last thing. Daniel, I'm treating myself to something. I won't tell you the name of it yet until I get it. I went to my bank account and pulled out a large sum of money. I'm buying a sports NBA watch mm-hmm. of this famous basketball player who has won championships. I will not mention the name yet. The watch is 63 millimeters, automatic, and it has in it 850 set white real diamonds. What? You bought that? I'm buying it on Monday. <gasps> And, and you could dive in the ocean with this watch. It's a limited edition of only 1,000. So when the watch comes, I'll tell you who this NBA star is. There's a facsimile on the back of the watch, and it's coming in this beautiful case. So I did take out a huge chunk of money from my savings account. <laughs> I decided to treat myself. I'm going to buy this diamond watch. Good. Treat yourself. Eight hundred and fifty diamonds. Is it a is it a Shaq watch? By the way, I know he he has a, a jewelry line out. <laughs> yes, it is. I I knew that. You know how I knew that because he. I saw a story about him in a jewelry uh-huh. store, Zales. I think it's in right. Right. Yeah, and he was going, and he was just in there for whatever reason, and there was some guy that was trying to buy an engagement ring, and he was trying to put it on like layaway and figure out the payments. And Shaq yeah. just paid it for him. And then that's how I knew that, 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 that it's, it's his line. Well, if that's the case, let me go in there where Shaq is at so he can buy me a free watch. Yeah, so, you, so only go in there when Shaq is in there. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's a lot of money. But I figure, it's hey, okay, you deserve it. Only once in your life. Right. So 850 wow. Enjoy it. diamonds. All, uh, each diamond is hand-set. Wow. And you can dive in the ocean, limited edition. Anyway, Daniel, have a nice day. Vernon, enjoy it. Sounds like a nice present to yourself. I have a question for you guys. Right, It's going to go through the break. I just threw up a poll on, on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Which was the most curious pick in round one of this NFL draft? And he, he oh, man. Packers picked a cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. So is it the Raiders picking Leatherwood in the first round? Is it the Bengals picking a wide receiver in the first round? Or after all the belly aching, that's a JJ word, after all the belly aching that that Aaron Rodgers did, the Packers went defense. Which is the most curious pick in round one at Coach McCartan? See you on the other side of this quick spot. It's a doubleheader Sunday on The Fan. First up at 1225, the Yanks and Detroit Tigers to wrap up their weekend series in the Bronx. We'll be on Sports Radio 1019 FM, Sports Radio 66, and streaming on WFAN.com right up until 320, when we'll split our signal with the Yankees continuing on Sports Radio 66 and bringing you the Nets and Milwaukee Bucks on Sports Radio 1019 FM and streaming on WFAN2.com. 
So it is the weekend on the weekend. I'm Danielle McCartan, and he is Nick Theodoro behind the glass, taking your calls tonight, doing an excellent job as always. Question I just posted to you guys on Twitter, and we'll get back to your calls. And I see all of you guys waiting there very patiently. I appreciate it. Um, there was a question, and I'm going to throw it to you guys, and then I'll go and I'll come back to it in, in a few minutes here. But what? Beyond a little bit beyond New York football, and this has been an NFL draft-heavy show tonight, which is great, but beyond New York football, still dealing with the draft, which was the most curious pick in round one of this draft? Was it the Raiders picking Leatherwood, question mark? Was it the Bengals picking a wide receiver over an offensive lineman? Or was it the Packers picking a cornerback, which is not going to help the disgruntled Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side of the ball? So go ahead. Give me your vote. There are six minutes left in the poll, or and then I'm going to be closing it down. So at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And, of course, your call is coming up right now. Matt, Mike in West Palm Beach, you are up on the fan. What is up, Mike? Oh, buongiorno, senora. <laughs> How are you? This is the morning after the Kentucky Derby Day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and a happy birthday to your father. Thank you. I'll tell you. Uh, first, first Saturday in May. Uh, I stopped counting after I turned 60. Mine's the 11th, you're the 15th, yada, yada. <laughs> um, you know, I, I get a kick out. I'm telling Nick. And you're in the Boomer and Geo studio. Yeah, this, yes, this week. I, you know, this is very much, I like cool. the decorations in this better, actually. Cool. My father used to play golf with Boomer's high school football coach uh, uh, back in the day. Um, and Nick, are you sitting in the seat of Boomer's producer, too? No, so anyway. I, I would be in the seat of uh, the Eddie Scazzeri. Yes. Oh, okay. I got you. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Boomer's chair. This is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Danielle, uh, last week I called, and I've heard him before. The guy from Florida, you know, uh, played you know college ball at FSU and this and that and this and that. And then he's throwing a verbal dog. Hey, hey, dude, West Palm Beach, you think it's Yankee territory. I don't need to tell you, uh, all the listeners on the year, what I did in college ball and this and that. And you know what? You're just, uh, uh, you probably are going to get a new shirt, a summer shirt with the 27 championships of, of the pinstripers. And, and, oh, please. Uh, it's too funny. Live theater is too funny. Um, you know what, uh, Danielle, like you were saying earlier, um, Sometimes if you're betting the ponies, and I bet a few shekels yesterday, you can bet trainers, jockeys, uh, horses. Like I tell friends, hey, I'm going to uh, bet a few shekels on four-legged animals and the two-legged jockeys. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, give credit to Bob Baffert. You know, yeah, seven, seven Kentucky Derby's trainer. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Um, going back, uh, long-time Jet fan, uh, what did you think overall? You know, and I've seen it all. And people have to realize a good call, uh, a good response before, uh, Danielle, you, you know, why couldn't we do this when we had Sam Donna? Because you didn't have Joe Douglas. Yep. That's why. That's why. Yeah. Uh, Jets, A, t- total A on, on the draft for this year, for sure. Joe Douglas earned an A from this teacher. Definitely. From this professoressa. <laughs> definitely. And, uh, you know, and, and, and good luck, uh, uh Vernon with his uh, watch he's going to get. Uh, we'll find out. And Casey Stengel, yeah. Uh, my dad, Brooklyn Dodger fan, rest his soul, um, and, and became a crazy Met fan. He took me to Ebbets Field in 62, and Casey, uh, yeah. You know, that first year, I think they lost 120 games. And Casey Stengel, uh, a classic quote, you know, he gets up from the bench and goes, can't anybody play this damn game? <laughs> you know? uh, I, I've asked but, my own team that at that times. <laughs> 
You know, it's funny. I was going to, I'll mention it now. Uh, Danielle, with all the, uh, with your resume at your age, college softball, teaching, uh, Italian, prego, uh, uh, coaching, uh, how do you, you know, I'll probably call Rick Wolf show later. He played ball against my old coach, Summer Ball, um, you know, back in the day. Uh, but how do you deal with the parents? I, I said years ago to Rick, I should write a book on all the parents I met. The majority are good. Uh, and, and, you know, some coaches I know, and I know a lot of high school, college coaches, baseball, some coaches, whatever the sport is, Danielle, and you know it, they don't even, uh, you want to correspond, you email. You are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because some parents, you know, uh, uh, jump out of their shoes and I get a kick also. Rick even mentioned it on his show. I haven't spoken to him in about a year and a half. Um, whatever that, uh, everyone thinks of moms and dads. Oh, my son, my daughter, they're going to play division one, division one. Hey, you know, it doesn't matter. One, two, three, it's a different animal. If you're playing college ball, you're elevating your game. Doesn't matter uh, what it is. You know, you may not meet the profile for size and, 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 you know, but whatever for D one, but, um, uh, all right. I was going to say, Oh, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Speaking of Boomer, uh, any any progress on his softball team practice or no? Nothing. Nothing. No news. Okay. Well, if you do, when, when you get ready to, uh, you know, get batting practice, just, just you know, nail him with line drives, throws him ropes, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. That, you know me. I'm the, I'm the DJ LeMayhew type. You're the DJ LeMayhew. And I saw that clip uh, on the Facebook, pretty cool, in, in the batting cage. And you're ripping it. You know, you're ripping it. <laughs> so, get uh, back into form. All right. You got other people on deck. I always try to be courteous. Yeah, of course. Get to my point. Um, I'm going to hit the driving range today, a bucket of balls. All right. And then I'll go to the putting green. And, you know, I like the uh, golf balls with the, with the emblems on them. <laughs> and I'm going to take a couple of mojo. <laughs> Mike, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right, Daniel. All the best. I'll talk to you. Let's go next to Eric in Ronkonkoma. You're up next on the fan. Eric. Hey, Daniel. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Hopefully those aren't double stuffed Oreos that your father's eating. Oh, That's those good. are the best kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're trying to if you're trying to reduce them from three to two though, it doesn't really make much of a difference on that. But anyway, so uh okay, listen, a couple of things real mm-hmm. quick. Uh you, you know, you were talking about the uh uh, you know, before I get to the Islanders, you were talking before about uh, Aaron Boone, you know, uh, sticking too much by the book, uh, you know, with, with some of these, uh, uh, you know, decisions on there. I, I don't think these, these managers, if they're even managers anymore, are allowed to go by anything other than the book. Yeah. That, that's why, you know, I mean, people get annoyed, which I understand, but, you know, I, I don't think it's their fault. I mean, it, you know, the the ones making the decisions are the ones telling them, look, do it or 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 else. You know, essentially, that's what I think. Because, yeah. you know, if that were the case, uh, like you said, then you, you still would have Joe Girardi as a manager. Yep. Uh, there. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, yes, it's frustrating. And I understand because I feel the same way with, with uh, Luis Rojas, you know, the same uh, uh, scenario. But, uh, I mean, you know, what, what are you going to do? They're, they're being called by, uh, you know, the the number crunches or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what to do. So it's, it's, uh, it's annoying on there. So it's ruining uh, baseball, uh, like in my opinion, I just, it, it is. <laughs> yes. And, and, and I made the point to Sal the other day I, that, that I really feel that the fact that these guys, you know, aren't essentially really managers anymore, I think really trickles down to the team because, you know, 
the you you don't really get that rah rah feeling anymore. Uh-huh. You know, from the you know, I mean, you forget the the occasional going out arguing with the umpire kind of thing or or whatever. You know, you just don't get the sense that there's a, there's somebody on the bench anymore who's you know firing up the team. You know, because a lot of the you know the decisions are out of their hands. So I really think that you know causes the team to kind of fall into a certain. I don't know if it's a malaise or whatever it is, but uh, I just think there's an effect on the team that way. Yeah, and um, it's like the Yankees are hoping and praying for Luke Voigt to come back to be that for them. Like, well, why can't someone else step up and be that in his absence? You know? Right, right. So, I mean, you know, as far as I know, uh, Aaron Judge is the captain of the team, right? I mean, is, is that, you know, or the unofficial captain? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I guess, unofficial. But, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, anyway, anyway uh, <clears throat> you know, it's been brought up a little bit. I, I heard Benny talking about the Islanders. You know, which is, I mean, I love that they, they clinched the playoff spot. But I got to say, you know, I mean, despite the last two games, I, I am somewhat nervous, though, about, you know, the uh, uh, starting the playoffs. Because, I mean, let's be honest, they have not played well against the Capitals lately, and they have not played well against Pittsburgh all season. So I'm, I'm a little nervous in that regard. I mean, I'm glad they're in there. And, and, and yes, they are dangerous. But, you know, hopefully they, get, they use these last handful of games to kind of get their mind right. Yeah, tighten uh, it up. Yes, because I mean, you know, the, it's one thing playing the Rangers. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, this but it's season, another, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's another thing, right? Playing against the, those other couple of teams, because you know, I mean, they they were they dominated Boston early in the year, and look what happened the last couple of times they played them. So, right. uh, you know, you know, let's uh, like I said, uh, and again, look, I have complete confidence in Barry Trost. The guy is obviously, I mean, the Stanley Cup winning coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got and you got Lamarillo on there, but it just seemed. You know, the uh, when um, uh, what, what's his name, Anders Lee went down. Even though they they picked up those two players from the Devils, it still seems like something's a little. Uh, I mean, I was glad they brought in uh, Oliver Wallstrom the other day. I think that might pick things up a little, a little bit because he is a scorer also. Uh, so you know, let, let's hope they get their mind right, ready for the uh, the playoffs, and and go from there. So anyway, I wanted to. Uh, uh, just get that out there, and uh, you have a good rest of the day, Daniel. I'll talk to you. Yeah, Eric. Thanks, and thanks for the call there. Um, yeah, and and I'm j- I was looking at this the quick look at the standings, the NHL standings. You know, across you know across the entire entire league, and you look at in the Central Division, you've got three teams that are above 71 points. We everybody says the East Division is really tough. Sure, there's only one team above 71 points, which is the Penguins in the Eastern Division or East Division, I guess they're calling it. And then you got the, the the West. You got the Golden Knights atop the West, and you got the the Maple Leafs atop the North. So it, it's 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 going to be an uphill climb, but something I think that the the Islanders are, are able to handle. They always seem to kick it into a different gear once playoffs start. And we talk about the Islanders every year during the playoffs. It's like playoff Islanders are different than than regular season Islanders for whatever for whatever reason, which is great. And uh, yeah, let's see if we can get uh, Chris and Bayonne. One more. Chris, you're up on the fan. Hey, Daniel. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Chris? I love your analysis. I think you're great. I think you're fabulous. Oh, thank you. We've talked before, and you know I'm very much in-depth here. So I'm just going to go over a little bit about the New York football giants, the real football giants, okay, and Tell why me. they drafted what they drafted. Number one, Tony was the third best wide receiver in the league, according to some scouts. Yeah, not, not he more, wasn't. But they yeah, had he, Tony. Not on my board. Third, not on my well, board. Well, not your board. Yeah. But, again, uh, there, there were some that, that, that had him as their third best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay? And, and, and 
He was my Jones has he enough. Was my Jones has enough of uh, uh, I think uh, weapons, and I think uh, Tony with his stop cut kind of move and his great effort to catch, I think he's going to fit in real well. Now the offensive line, okay. We we run we run a zone a zone blocking. Wait, Chris, line. let me ask you a question though. Route speed looks to be turn be turned down at times. Route inefficiencies will be needed to be corrected. This is all NFL scouts saying this about him. Too much freestyling, yeah, yeah, yeah. wasted motion in and out, and and not to mention his his budding rap career under the name of uh, Young Joka. Do you think that will be any? All these players got something going on. They all do. Mm. I mean, <laughs> they all got something going on. Mm. All I know is this kid can move. This kid can duke. This kid can stop cut. This kid can run. This kid can make plays. He's aggressive. He's overly aggressive. Okay, and I think he's going to work out real well for the Giants' offense. Oh, I hope okay. so. I hope he. he, the he offense, I hope he. Okay. Uh, I hope he keeps his nose to the grindstone. Is is all I'm saying. Well, well. well and watching his film, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm living in Florida right now, mm-hmm. and I watched a lot of his games, mm-hmm. okay? He, he knows how to play football. Now, number two, the offensive line, okay? Let, let's, just, let's just kick some names out. We got Solder coming back a year. We got Hernandez coming back. We got one. Gates coming back. We got Pleak, the second-year guy. And mm-hmm. LeBuey is not going to make Pert, that is. Yeah. Pert. Say it. Danielle. Say that again. I said, what, what did you say? Pert. The last name is Pert. Okay. Yeah. I, I got his name wrong. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. So the Giants, uh, so the Giants, I think, have an offensive line. They uh, they went and undrafted free agents this year. This kid, Heggy, like you said, yep. was center. Yeah. And the guy that they're really, really interested in, he came out of UCLA and out of Baylor. They yeah. invested $40,000 into him, which Just is Burton. an awful lot of money. They want this kid. This kid, Burton, he's an offensive yeah. lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably going to beat Lemieux out of a job. Well, we'll uh, see. W- without a doubt. He'll beat him without a doubt. He'll beat Lemieux. Lemieux stinks. Gates will be pulled over to guard. He'll probably float around. Burton will start at guard, and Hengi will start at seven, at center. Okay? So, so, so you're putting line, two So, so you're putting year, two un, unrestricted, uh, whatever, undrafted free agents, you're putting two of them as starters on the line? Whoa. Well, well, they don't. Well, well, Lemieux. Whoa. Was so why not Lemieux draft him? But why not draft him? Pardon me. Then why not just draft him? Why take a chance in in getting them signed as elsewhere? In, in a after the draft that concludes, I think they knew exactly what was going to fall to them. Yeah. And they all do it. They all do it. I think the Giants. One of these guys is going to make the offensive line and is going to beat out Lemieux. That's my prediction. Now, we all have predictions, yeah, sure. and that's my prediction. Okay, good. Now we're going to go to the defense, all right? And this is how the defense is set up. Number one, we pressure up the middle. That's the new thing in the league. We got some nose tackles, mm-hmm. okay? We got an edge we drafted. We got a defensive end we drafted, who I think Smith could be a sleeper. With his long arms, he's smart, he's talented, he's quick. Reminds me of a stray ham a little bit when he first came in from Germany. All right, needs a lot of weight, needs a lot of experience. This kid, Ellison Smith, could be a sleeper. So I have him. Those couple I have of him. I have. Uh, hold on, right? I have him uh, as a deven- I marked him as a developmental prospect. Um, that's what I had for him. A um, couple things. Uh, with him, but but in essence, you know, because I'm up against the, the break here a little bit, but uh, as a developmental well, well, prospect. Well, was a developmental prospect, too, when he first came. Yeah, he, the scout said that? I'd like to see that. Can you send that to me, that scouting report? So, uh, so <laughs> I feel... Yes or no, I guess. All right. 
I know you're going through report. I'm, I, just let me get a couple more yeah, things. Uh, well, I, I, it's 41. I was supposed to hit the brick at 40. Give me your best point I next. The Giants won man-to-man. They're not playing zone anymore. They lost a lot of zones last year. That's why you got these fast quarterbacks mm-hmm. and these edge rushes. Yeah. We're going man-to-man and up the middle. All right. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And we have multiple schemes we're going to use. Sure. Thanks for Danielle. Yeah, Chris, thanks for the call there. Um, the problem is that there are some of the cornerbacks that the Giants picked that said, you know, Aaron Robinson is a press corner and he just fits what we want to do. That's fine. You know, this is the round six pick, number 201, Rodarius Williams. Uh, um, I, I wasn't impressed with him. It's just they, they have press corners and it fits what we want to do and then might not have the patience for agility for NFL press man is the is the scouting report. So I'm not sure. Uh, sure. Uh, but, but saying that two... I mean, great if great for these guys if they make the starting rotation here of, of Giants offensive linemen, because that's what it is, in essence, a rotation of them all. That's what the strategy seems to be. But good for them if they do it. But you're going to put two undrafted free agents on the offensive line? Two of them? You better not have been someone complaining about Andrew Thomas. That's what I got to say. All right, we got to hit the quick break here. We'll check in on, on the poll of what is the most surprising thing beyond NFL or New York uh, New York football was it the Raiders, was it the Bengals, or was it the Packers moves in the, in round one? Mets fans, for the best coverage of New York sports, for the best coverage of the New York Mets, look no further than MetsmerizeOnline.com. Their talented staff of writers are committed to full comprehensive Mets coverage, including exclusive interviews, daily original articles, great weekly features, and in-depth analysis of the Metropolitans and the minor league system. Metsmerized Online is the go-to place for all you diehard Mets fans. So grab your smartphones, grab your tablets, and get Metsmerized today. Hey, it's Boomer and Geo. Join us tomorrow morning. More draft reaction, a big sports weekend. We'll break it all down for you. You know what we do. Yeah, well, we're going to follow up on the Yankees and the Mets as well as the Islanders and the Rangers. We'll see you Monday morning right here on The Fan. H to the Izzo. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan at 448 in the morning here in New York City from the Boomer and Geo studio, which is... You know, decorated just so much nicer than the Mike Francesa studio, but they are getting a facelift, and that is why Nick and I are in here. I'm in Boomer's chair, and Nick is in the Eddie Scazzeri's chair. So, um, quick thing that that was kind of from what, the last caller there. One thing that I, I did want to address, Michael Strahan as a developmental uh, project, basically, because the caller brought up the fact that in essence, he didn't like that I called one of his, you know, top-ranked dudes a developmental prospect, which was Giants' pick of round four, number one sixteen, Ellerson Smith, out of Northern Iowa. I called him a developmental prospect. Uh, he also didn't play in twenty twenty because the Missouri Valley Conference canceled its season, uh, and I didn't really elaborate. Um, but I, I called him a, a, based on my research, based on what the NFL scouts are saying, not just. Giant scouts, or but I call them a developmental prospect. I colored him yellow, which is like the second best color I, I can assign to him, which is a good thing. And then he went off and said that he, you know Michael Strahan was a developmental prospect. Okay, Michael Strahan, um, one scout evaluated him, not a bunch, but one said that uh, he needs upper body development, which is like a totally normal thing to have. Um, not quick, adequate ease of movement, but he's not on the ground much. Blah, blah, blah. Big legs, has big leg strength, adequate upper body. 
okay, is an attacking upfield player. This is all positive stuff. And the, the best thing is that Scout wrote a captain. That's a quote, a captain. So um, <laughs> uh, I, I would not call... Oh, additionally in this summary, this appears. Outstanding height and adequate weight with adequate speed is an adequate athlete. Plays slew-footed with knee, his knees turned out, blah, blah. Gets good upfield rush. Come on. That is not. Has very good productivity as is at this level as a pass rusher. That is not something that a scout, even a single scout, would write for a developmental prospect. Michael Strahan was not a developmental prospect. However, Ellerson Smith out of Northern Iowa to me, and to NFL scouts, is. But what I like about him is that hes they say he has impressive snap timing and get-off quickness. He stalks, I love that word that they use, stalks and closes quarterback with efficiency once he's in the pocket. Cons, like Strahan, bigger players are able to work him over at times. Fails to generate much torque. So, So we're all guessing, right? But this is the same caller that wanted to put two undrafted free agents as starters on a Giants offensive line, which he started off the call, I think, by saying that the offensive line wasn't really a a, a work to begin with. Yet he's replacing two of the five guys with undrafted free agents. So that kind of bothered me a little bit over that quick little break there. So um, we've gone really in-depth with with the Jets picks, um, I think. uh, And there was one of the Giants that we just talked about. I really do think the Jets um, owned the late round picks over the Giants. And we could talk about that in a second. So let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. Nikki in Rockville Center, you are up on the fan. Oh my goodness, Danielle. I'm so happy to finally reach you. Um, I've been listening to you since your second show and never called. Why not? (laughs) Never called. Come on, Nikki. Well, I know what finally got me to call you. I don't know how you do it, but you got, these callers, these guys who like they they call up like they're gonna school you. Like, let me <laughs> tell you something. And so boom, and they go and I'm like sitting there like how does she keep her her mouth? You know, like I got a mother, a daughter, a sister, like right. I got nothing but props for women. Like for me, it's like you're not good because you're a female or a male. You're no. good because you're good. Like right. you deserve to be on some major shifts because you just like you're in there, like the female Francesca was like to me, because you're on point with everything. And these guys call up like last week. You had a guy call up like, yeah, listen, I I'm on the radio out here, so I know what I'm talking about. Like yeah, yeah. the first thirty seconds, and then he tells you, yeah, you're pretty good, like pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, that was the guy that went to dinner good. with Hal Steinbrenner, right? That guy, I remember him. <laughs> yes, yes, like yeah, I had lunch yeah. with him. Yeah, you're pretty good. Pretty thanks. good. Yeah, thanks. Like, she's on the fan, and you know you get these pompous. Callers that like they want to tell you how it is. Meanwhile, listen, I heard the Mel Kiper thing. Uh, Ben from Queens was right. He he took credit as if he was the only one who nailed it. And I was like, she got it right. If I would have bet money, I would have won. She got right. Yeah, she well, got it perfect. So let me tell you, I, I told you in the beginning, I was at watching. I, I, I couldn't hear it. I was watching at a bar with my friend, and my friend who doesn't even watch football was kind of like. Oh that, oh, that was pretty good. I'm like, what do you mean that was pretty good? I nailed that one. Like, Danielle, what are you talking about? <laughs> you nailed it on point. And I thought, like, how is he taking credit? Like, he's the only one. Like, he didn't hear her show. We got to get but, Mel like, Kiper on the this? phone. Nick, that's the next thing. We just got to call him up right now. Let's cold yeah. call him right now. On it. <laughs> <laughs> you should, because, I, I mean, like, everybody who hears your show knows you nailed it. 
And I just can't, I just couldn't take that. I can't take it when they call up and they're like breaking it down to you. Meanwhile, like I'm sitting there like, does she, do you not realize she's on the air <laughs> on the biggest freaking station there is for sports anywhere? And you're trying to school her and tell her she's pretty good. Like, uh, I don't know how you do it with the holding it together, but awesome job. Yes, you nailed it. He took credit for it, but you nailed it first. And then when it happened, and I was listening to it. I was like, oh, my God. She, she hit it right on her. I was listening to her show. I was like, I got to wait till Saturday to finally call her. But, I, you know, I love what you're doing. I didn't really want to get into the points. I know you got other callers. But I just wanted to tell you, like, you're so on point with your stuff. An awesome job with breaking down the Mets. I, I saw you on the fan roundtable for the women. Yeah. You fit right in there, Danielle. Like, you're, you're right there. Like, I don't know how you're going to do it with the coaching, the teaching. You said you'll find a way. But you gotta break. You're gonna you're gonna blow up. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but you're gonna blow up at some point. You'll have some major shift there because there's just nobody else that I can think of that's on point. You got a great lead in with, with Mac Money before you, mm-hmm. but uh, you do a great job. You you know the draft was on point when you nailed the match down. The lineup you gave the lineup before they started changing the lineup. Yeah. I was like, again, she's right on point because that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You got to put, you know, you got to set up that lineup a different way. You can't change it every every other day. Mm-hmm. And um, which I is what they were doing. You, yeah, what, what's that? That's what the Mets were doing. They were changing it. I think they changed it the most out of any team in uh, in last year's uh, season. But uh, you know, that's not almost, good either. Almost every other, from what I saw, almost yeah. every other every order every lineup was different like yeah. from day to day and it, like there's no consistency right. there and then you, you know got the I mean? yankees not- the yankees are so rigid in not trying to switch around but they are now they have been they must have been listening too but they've been switching around <laughs> but like as a hitter like you show up to the ballpark you're like oh am i gonna be the lead off today am i gonna bat an eighth today like i don't like that either you know, so there's got to no, be a better balance. You, mentally, you're not, well, obviously, yeah. you know, from, from playing, mm-hmm. like you just mentally, you, you want to know what you're doing. It's like you're getting set up and then right. you get, uh, you know, games canceled or whatever. Right. You, you just, you want to be in a flow. It, it, it is sad with the method, you know, I don't care what place they're in because that doesn't matter. It's how they're playing right. while they're holding the place. So first place with a 500 record you know, at the point that they were, that everybody was going crazy over that, you know, as a Mets fan, I'm like, come on, it's, we're in April, you call, you, you know, you, you're proud about first place, like, yeah. they're not, they're not hitting on all cylinders, and on a year that Conforto is going to be looking for a contract, mm-hmm. it can't be that you're looking for big numbers, especially with his agent, and you're coming in cold like that, I, I, you know, I know Lindor is, you said it yourself, from May on, you know, give him another week yep. and he's, you know, he'll get hot on all cylinders. April's a horrible, he's a notorious slow beginner. Uh, and, you know, and especially now in a new city, uh, you know, sleeping in a new bed, all those little things that you, intangibles that you don't think exactly. would affect somebody, but your whole body, your clock, everything mm-hmm. is different in a new place, yep. but you had to get comfortable going. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that this is the beginning. It's, I know he's streaky. He's always been streaky, but let him be streaky now, bad in the middle, and then get it going at the end. You know, they <laughs> forget that contract. Play for for your playoffs. You'll get the contract. But McNeil, in his own head, trying to you know hit home runs, yep. do what he isn't supposed to do. He's Correct. a contact hitter. You know, he slaps it where he needs to be. I, I need these guys to just relax. Let Alonzo 
do the cleaning up. Let him worry about the home runs and so on and so forth. Or Dom Smith, and, uh, who was batting first. By the way, Dom Smith was batting, uh, I think, seventh in Saturday's game. And he had, right. I found, I, read it, I wrote it down. I could not believe it. He was, oh, yeah. Okay. For Dom Smith's career versus Zach Wheeler, 462 batting average. And he was batting seventh. I wrote my little notes. I wrote, why not hire? What does he? I, I know Rojas has to know that. Right. Like, I mean, he's, he's smart enough to get that information, right. especially with the analytics, right. breaking things down for you. Like, why is he so low? I thought the same thing. Why is he so low? I didn't know his numbers were that mm-hmm. big, but it had been mentioned that he he has a very good. You know, he's always faced off great against him. Why so low in the batting order? I'm thinking the logic was that he'd get more to see, but I needed him up. Yeah. Further, and I don't know where he's going. What's going on with him? I'm hoping that he's, um, you know, the the players at a position. Danielle is really. I don't know how. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not affecting the team in a good way. I know you got to do what you got to do right now because those are the players you got. Yeah. But too many players at a position. You know better than me. The defense will affect your offense, and vice versa. But well, definitely, defense affects offense. Correct. You got that many guys at a position. Nobody's crying about JD because. Hey, you start hitting, everybody forgets about your defense. That's right. But when you're not hitting, everybody thinks, you know, everybody thinks about it. And I, I, those guys out of position could really, I just need them to stay the pace and then get strong when they need to. I don't need another September breakdown. And, you know, similar to the Yankees, when one goes down, they all go down. And to please give the Grom what he needs to have to win, because, I mean, it's pathetic that his ERA compared to his wins and horses is, you know, he's doing another Cy Young year, but uh, give him some backup for for God's sake. But, you know, always doing your your thing. I'm so happy I finally got to talk to you. Uh, To me, you're the best on the radio. Uh, So you've got a fan in me. Uh, All power to you. Well, thanks, Nick. I hope you give me a call next week. Let's make this a weekly thing, huh? Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. All right, then we'll talk talk next week, Nick. Thanks. All my best to you. Nick, I'm having just a trouble dropping. Here we go. Okay, thank you. Um, and, and just really a quick note that makes me think of, you know, Yankees fans and, and, and Glaber Torres when I wrote down today, Glaber, Stor- Glaber Torres starts hitting, Glaber Torres starts fielding. And I wrote the word magic. So there you go. So Mets fans, calm down. They're going to be fine. And uh, the Yankees I'd be a little bit more concerned about. But today they showed great, um, a great approach at the at the plate. They scored runs on like singles and doubles, and it was fun to watch. That's the Yankees that need to make it into the postseason. All right, Kevin Dexter's got a quick update for you. 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. Or you can tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. the final hour here of McCartan we'll say it in the morning now here on the fan in New York City the biggest the best sports radio station in the world in the biggest and best city in the world everybody so it's been a huge um, this is like the first crack I guess people are calling in about the NFL draft since it happened you know Thursday Friday now we are complete on Saturday Jets and Giants uh, I signed you know the teacher that I am I assigned some grades for the Jets and I signed a grade for the Giants uh Based on their their picks and and what they've done and and what they've you know now coming out are all the undrafted free agents that they're signing after the fact, but the the grades are just for simply what they did in the draft. And so 
Before we get to that, we've got the Yankees that are absolutely surging. I mean, this is it. This is it. I mean, it starts all with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge hitting 470 over the last five games. I mean, sometimes all it takes is a crappy opponent like the Detroit Tigers to just get it going. And and from here, you know, it's just here on out, I think. Maybe, I don't know. But the Yankees, see, the thing is, Yankees fans, you're going to be on the roller coaster. It's it's a roller coaster all season long, so you might as well just buckle up because right now you're reaching the peak, and of course, hopefully not, but it's inevitable that there's going to be another downturn here, of course. So, look, Aaron Judge is on fire, finally, right? He's hitting 470 over the last five. He had a grand slam, two home runs Friday night, one of which was a grand slam. Saturday, which was even more impressive to me, I want to say, three for five with three RBIs, batted a thousand with runners in scoring position, and he had two two out RBIs. I mean, what more can you ask for, right? But I know something. You know what's really frustrating to me? Watching Aaron Boone and his computers turning the Yankees into some sort of NBA team with this load management crap. Aaron Boone, he says, oh, well, I prefer my players miss one game versus an extended amount of time. Okay, so for example, let's take Saturday. Giancarlo Stanton and Gio Urshela both sat. The Yankees have an off day on Monday. Gio Urshela, last five games, batting average, 350. On base plus slugging, 864. Seven RBIs in five games. So the binary code from the, the computer at wherever Yankee Stadium spit out, let's sit him. So Aaron Boone goes and sits him. Stanton told you Friday night that he's finally catching up to some fastballs, which is a timing thing, which improves with, wait for it, playing time. For the first time in his career, he's had three consecutive three-hit games. He's got an eight-game hitting streak. In that span, three home runs, 444 batting average. And the binary code from the computer with your glasses, with your little tape on the nose, and your pocket protector said, Aaron Boone, let's sit him too. So they did. They sat two of their hottest hitters. I know it's against the Tigers, but this is like a thing where like I fundamentally believe that if you have to ride the hot hand, I say it all the time, why sit them on the bench? So now I'd be curious to see, this is something I'm going to look forward or look for moving forward, that if are these batters going to cool off moving forward? We'll see. And with Conforto's home run, the Mets seem to be like they're they're finally catching some footing, especially him. Lindor, I told you guys last week, don't be worried about Lindor. He's a slow. He bats over three hundred in the month of May. He's gonna be fine. Stop booing him. He's made a huge. Yes, he's he signed a huge contract, but. It's a huge adjustment on a personal level, on an emotional level, on a professional level to move from one city to another. Uh, oh, and by the way, the new city is New York City. So give him some time to settle in. He's going to go on a hot streak. If you could put money on it, put money on it. I don't know if you can even do that. But after that benches clearing thing that happened on Friday, after uh, Dom Smith took uh, exception to what the, the Alvarado said to him from the mound to the plate, cleared the benches, no punches thrown, but the Mets hit 
176 with runners in scoring position in April. 176. So far in May, which has been one game, obviously, they're hitting 666. What a wake-up call that was. And so the Mets seem to be gaining some ground here. We'll see how long Brandon Nimmo's going to be out with that uh, left index finger contusion in the top of the eighth. And of course, and the x-ray was negative, so that's good news. And then there's J.D. Davis, who in the top of the seventh had a left hand sprain, probably on a swing is what everybody's you know assuming that it happened on. But what a big blow to the Mets lineup. Should that be um, you know, two of those bats out at the same time? We're going to have to wait and see what happens there. And then a questionable call from Luis Rojas. Ultimately, like, it didn't affect the, the outcome of the game. But I just want to bring it to your attention. He, I forget what inning it was, sixth or seventh maybe. He, uh, it was the sixth, I think. It was the sixth. He, he elected to pitch to Adubo Herrera. Instead of walking him, there was an open base. So if you walked him, you would force Joe Girardi to pinch hit for Wheeler, which Joe Girardi did have a hitter on deck, not Wheeler. And instead, Herrera was retired, and Wheeler was then allowed to go out and pitch and finish the top of the seventh inning, an inning in which he retired three Mets in a row, McCann, Villar, and Pilar. So that was a questionable call for me. I would probably have walked Herrera and forced Girardi to send out Wheeler. And if he didn't send out Wheeler, and if, if he still sent out um, another pinch hitter, well, that's fine. But that's what I would have done there. But ultimately, it didn't matter. So so good for the Mets. And here's the other thing. Pete Alonso in his post-game press conference mentioned a new Mets hire, and he called him Donnie Stevenson. And he said, he said Louis forgot to mention him. Donnie Stevenson. He is a mental approach coach, is what he called him. And then Conforto was asked about it, and he left. He had a little side smile, and he said, a straight face, he said, Donnie's a new guy. He made an appearance today at our hitters meeting. He's all about the approach. He's a hitting approach guy. He's a guy that just gets the boys fired up and ready to go. Problem is, Donnie Stevenson is not listed on the Mets media guide as a member of the staff. The Mets are doing a A-plus trolling job, everybody. How hilarious is that? There's already been, and you guys have sent them to me, Donnie Stevenson Twitter accounts being made. So I would like to know who's behind all of this. Who is the Donnie Stevenson? Or is it just totally a fictitious character? But if someone is, if a player is monitoring that Donnie Stevenson account, I'm pointing to Jacob deGrom. That's what I think. I don't know if if it is in fact. But what a what an A-plus troll job by the Mets. Speaking of grades, the Jets, J-E-T-S, my overall draft grade for them, it was an obvious A. Um, despite, you know, I didn't want them to go Zach Wilson, but I'm glad that they did. He was the best quarterback outside of um, Trevor Lawrence, and I thought. So with that, they're setting him up to succeed. It's 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 evident, it's obvious in the picks that they've made. Listen, we've talked about it. I nailed it. You guys, I nailed it. I told you last week the Jets were moving up from 23 to go up and pick Elijah Vera Tucker. I told you they were going to go make a deal with the, the Cardinals at 16. In fact, they made a deal with the, the Minnesota Vikings at 14. And they still got Elijah Vera Tucker. That, to me, was the best pick of the Jets' entire draft. I also think that they won in the back end here. I, I really like the picks of Hamza Nazir, Nazirildin, Nazirildin, 
Brandon Eccles and Jonathan Marshall, I think, are, are, are going to be serviceable, I think. I like their upside. We'll put it that way. Um, but Vera Tucker, man, was the, the complete steal of the draft uh, for me anyway and for the Jets. Now, when you look at the, what the Giants did, I gave them a grade, and here I am, Professor McCartan here. I gave them a grade, really a B minus. Because while the Jets addressed five of their six needs, the Giants addressed two of their four. First of all, I love how you guys see those memes, how it started, how it's going. How it started was Dave Gettemann's famous quote of, I'm not getting fleeced. It's got to be value. I refuse to do it. That's how it started. How it's going, the people in the Giants' war room were calling him over the past couple days, Trader Dave. I would even call him Fleecer Dave. I loved the deal with the Bears. At that point, it was a total A for me. Yeah, the Giants traded back. I didn't think it was going to happen. I said last week I thought they were staying put at 11. But they flip-flopped picks with the Bears. So the Bears got their 11. The Giants got number 20. And a fifth rounder, which they ended up, I think, dealing anyway. And a 2022 first round pick. Which I know Giants fans are, are, are hoping for the demise of Justin Fields there in Chicago. So that that pick has an increased amount of value, of course. And that they got a 2022 fourth round pick. So Dave Gettleman told you he didn't want to get fleeced. This year, he did the fleecing for the first time in his career. So the one thing... That they wish that I wish that they addressed in the draft rather than outside of the draft, um, and these are un, undrafted free agents. They signed center slash guard Brett Hagee from Florida. They signed Jake Burton from Baylor. Yeah, these are all offensive linemen. Sure, not drafted doesn't mean anything. I know that. I mean, you look at Victor Cruz, Giants fans, right? Undrafted, won a Super Bowl. I get it. But while I loved the deal with the Bears. I really didn't like the pick of Kadarius Tony, And on my draft board, I had him as the seventh, seven best wide receiver. He was in my mid-tier guys. He was the last in my mid-tier guys. So I wasn't crazy about the pick. I'll be honest with you. I, I, love, I love the deal. I didn't love the pick because I told you last week that if one of those top three guys were not there for the Giants, meaning in my order, uh, Waddle, Chase, or Smith, I would have hoped that the Giants went defense. And we haven't yet talked about Owusu Koromoa, and I loved him, and he fell really far. And after the Giants made a pick of uh, Aziz Ojolari, that's right, when the Giants picked after Aziz Ojolari, both of them were on the board. I texted one of my sources, and that source said that they didn't know why he fell. And that they were going to work on it for me. But that will be a conversation for another day because they never got back to me. And uh, I promise you I will get to the bottom of that. Um, the one thing I would say is probably that based on the Isaiah Simmons model, you know, that defenses might not know how to exactly use him. What is he exactly? What position is he exactly? So last year when everybody thought that was a great thing to be used in different positions, maybe it's not such a great thing. I also saw someone posted that uh, Matt Miller, NFL draft scout, he posted that there were no linebackers coaches present on, at his pro day, which raised some questions. Now I'm saying this, which raised some questions of, you know, he wasn't supported by the coaching staff. 
What's that about? So, I mean, I guess there were a lot of question marks about him that you couldn't know without actually having spoken to him and the people around him, I guess. So maybe I missed on that one. We'll see. I'll find out for you guys. I'll do the best I can to find out for you guys. But the Giants picked Kadarius Tony, who's got some major off-the-field stuff that Joe Judge assured you that they've been studying him since he was in high school. He's, he's, he's on the up and up. That's what Joe Judge said. Joe Judge... I, I trust his opinion, but we'll see. But when I look at the guys taken after this pick, Quiddy Pay, Caleb Farley, Christian Darasaw, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Greg Newsom II, and even further down, even Jason Oway, the Giants could have used these guys. Obviously not the running backs, maybe not even the cornerbacks, which we'll talk about in a second, but, you know, those guys were left on the board and the Giants could have used them. The Giants already have a slot receiver in in Sterling Shepard. Is he now expendable was the question I asked. And from the Giants, Twitter, welcome to the 2021 NFL draft class. And they put the six picks that they had. Four of them, Aaron Robinson, Ellerson Smith, Gary Brightwell, and Radarius Williams are all listed by the New York Giants as cornerbacks. CB, next to all four of them. Add those four cornerbacks to a room of Adoree Jackson, who just signed a three-year, $39 million deal. And then James Bradbury, the incumbent cornerback, who repped the Giants in being selected to 21 Pro Bowl. Sorry, the 2020, my bad. Sorry, 2020 Pro Bowl. So that I deducted a few points for for the Giants. I also deducted a few points. I feel like I'm in class. So here's the rubric. I deducted a few more points for you for not addressing the offensive line in the draft. But listen... So ultimately, it was, it was like a B-minus for me. And Dave Gettleman, he is a master of free agency. Maybe not the draft, but a master of free agency. Kyle Rudolph, John Ross, Devontae Booker, a little insurance policy. This is all on the offensive side. And don't forget, the most highly sought-after wide receiver this offseason, Kenny Galladay. Don't forget, Jarrell Peppers, Blake Martinez, James Bradbury, all free agents. Resigning Graham Gano long-term, who in my opinion is the best kicker in the league. And then Wednesday, not surprising, they picked up the fifth-year option on Saquon Barkley. So, uh, yeah. But like in my classroom, I have an essential question always. And, 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 and for the New York football fans, I ask, did our New York Jets and our New York Giants get better over the course of these past three to four days? The answer for both teams is yes. So I will take your calls coming up after this short spot. I'm Danielle McCartan here with you on The Fan until 6 a.m. here in New York City. It's a doubleheader Sunday on The Fan. First up at 1225, the Yanks and Detroit Tigers to wrap up their weekend series in the Bronx. We'll be on Sports Radio 1019 FM, Sports Radio 66, and streaming on WFAN.com right up until 3.20, when we'll split our signal with the Yankees continuing on Sports Radio 66 and bringing you the Nets and Milwaukee Bucks on Sports Radio 1019 FM and streaming on WFAN2.com. If this still is not the theme song of New York City, I don't know what is. This song, I tell you all the time, brings me back to 2009. We listened to this song, coming back from the bar, watching the Yankees win the World Series over the Phillies. And when I was in college, senior year, my roommate was a Phillies fan, and she didn't come out of her room when we got back. (laughs) So there. (laughs) Um, 
The one thing I did not address, just just quickly, really here, and I know I got you guys on the phone, 877-337-6666. Just quickly, I, I told you the, the best pick that the Jets made, the best pick, the, the best move, the best pick, the best move that the Giants made was for Aziz Ojulari. I know I touched on it, but I've got this huge draft Bible in front of me, full of all my research, you know, and I wrote, hopefully, under his name, I said, hopefully he's there in round two. Wow, what a nice player for round two. And guess what? The Giants got him. Actually, the Giants traded down with the Dolphins to get him, which makes it even sweeter. So the Dolphins, what happened? The Dolphins got pick 42. Giants got pick 50. And a th- so they got Aziz Aljulari and a third round pick for 2022. That was a great deal. That was an excellent deal. Not only did you get the player you were going to pick at 42 at 50, you got a third round pick to go along with him. So that to me was the Giants' best Best move, Aziz Aljulari. If it wasn't going to be um, Owusu Koromoa, then it was it was going to be him for me. That, that that's they were both on the board. I'm okay with with the Giants picking Aljulari for sure. Um, yeah, I had a mark yellow, but plenty of upside for him. Plenty of upside. Okay, so let's go back to your calls, Marty in Westchester. Thanks for hanging there, Marty. What's up? Yes, hi, Daniel. Good to talk to you again. Uh, yes, it, uh, what you just mentioned, you're spot on regarding the Giants pick in the second round, Aziz Ojolari. I think this is a, a key acquisition for them come the uh, fall because they haven't had an outside pass rusher really since uh, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul left the team to go to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So um, I think uh, that's a pick that stands out for me. Yeah. As far as Tony is concerned, um, honestly, uh, I I don't think uh, Gettleman and the scouting uh, people uh, with the Giants, I guess they didn't think uh, highly enough in terms of uh, picking Sean Slater uh, because I was looking at him once the uh, Alabama wide receivers weren't available. But I am glad they they got the extra picks, don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, I'm just curious how you feel about was, that. Was Slater still on the board? I, I was watching at the bar. Let me. Just he, I think it. he was still. He would have still been on the board at 11. I'm pretty sure of that. All right, let me take a look. Uh, but I mean, that, I give the Giants a B. Actually, I mean, I guess we're pretty close with yeah. the grading, only because they didn't uh, uh, draft an offensive lineman. Um, I guess uh, what they're hoping for, obviously, what they have to bank on, mm-hmm. is that um, you know Andrew Thomas, Matt Pert, and Lemieux. Progresses here, they show improvement, uh, uh, obviously improvement from within. And I guess having Nate Solder as a swing, swing man. But, uh, I'm just curious, uh, you didn't rate Tony all that highly. Did you rate Elijah Moore, uh, who the judge yeah, picked? So uh, I, as a, yeah, I actually yeah, had Elijah Moore one tick above Tony, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rashawn Slater, by the way. Pick by the Chargers, pick 13, round 113. So, yeah, he would have been there at 11. So that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, let me look at what I have for for him. Um, oh, wait, no. Uh, defensive line, sorry, I'm just flipping through here. Rashawn Slater, yeah, I had him marked really high. Quality year one starter. Yeah, I wrote SMART in capital letters. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why they, they kind of passed on him. I, it's a good question. I don't know. That would be something I would like to ask uh, Gettleman. I don't know if anybody did. I, I didn't see it if, if someone did. Well, again, they did get the extra picks. And also looking uh, towards next year, they'll have two number one uh, picks. But yeah. I think the mindset of this team now uh, between uh, what they uh, 
uh, were able to acquire in free agency, Galladay and uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph, who yep. hopefully will push uh, Evan Ingram uh, to be, be a better tight end. Yeah, the mindset has to be that this has to be a playoff contender in the NFC East this fall. You would think. You would think. I mean, look at the NFC East. Look around. Look around. Who, who is the biggest competition? Is it? I, I would think it's the Cowboys, right? I mean, they always seem to fall right. apart at the end, but on paper, it looks like the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I would put the Giants in the playoff conversation. You have to. I, I think I think the, the, the owner said that. You know, I don't think he's stepping out of, you know, no one's stepping out of line here by saying that. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, they've had, uh, I mean, they've only had one winning season since their last Super Bowl championship. So crazy, right? I think it's time that they that they show some improvement and that they do play meaningful games in December this year. Yeah, I think you're going to see it. I, I do. And and the one problem, and, and th- Marty, thanks for the call. The one thing I would say about the Giants, the one, you know, chink in the armor would be, I would say the offensive line still. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with that. They did not address it in the draft. They seem to be wanting to address it in the after effects of the draft, which cool, but you know, what are the chances? I mean, I saw something on NFL network today. Uh, don't quote me on it, but it was either in the, in the third, I guess it was the fourth round. I want to say the fourth. So in the fourth round, teams have a 25% chance of finding a starter. So, and that was on the NFL network. I forgot who said it, but you know, it was on in the background. I was like, Ooh, I might, if I can work that in tonight, I'm going to. So I think they said in in the fourth round, you have a 25% chance of finding a starter at, you know, X position, whatever it is. That has to drop incrementally lower or exponentially, sorry, exponentially lower once you go through rounds five, then six, then the, uh, you know, the undrafted guys pool. So, you know, while while we had a caller before who wants to put both of those guys on the offensive lines as starters... You know, I just don't think that's going to happen. I'm good, good if it does. Good that they work in their butts off and to get there. But yeah, I don't know about that. And Kyle Rudolph, I'm telling you, in the red zone, that guy is going to be good. He's going to be a great red zone threat. Just because defenses have to plan for it and count for it, which is a good thing, isn't it? Tom in North Brunswick, you're up on the fan. Good morning, Danielle. How how's it going? I'm good, Tom. How are you? I'm okay. Well, one I'm called uh, about the Mets, but uh, sure. I hope the Jets finally get it right with the quarterback. I, you know, mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. I know they put, you know, they finally put some talent around. I just I've been Jets. I'm a Jets fan, but my favorite sport is baseball. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that they got it right. Well, That's all. I can't wait. I'm not sold on him, but what they're doing around him, I like. So that obviously is yeah. going to elevate his play. So we'll put it that way. Yep. Yep. Um, now, you know, you know, you know, it's interesting uh, when, when if the Mets had a real great April, everybody would say that it's not that important. But right. if they struggle, everybody's jumping off the bridge. <laughs> right. right. I know. <laughs> yeah. you know. My favorite thing is like, oh, it's a long season. That's my favorite thing. But people don't really don't understand. Like, OK, yeah, while it's a long season, that's why like that's why the schedule is the way it is. You have to win series. That's it's it's little mini Little mini things. That's what you have to focus on winning. It's just the series. Don't look towards June if it's only April. I mean, that's that's the mentality yeah. I would have. Yeah, I mean that's why baseball is long because it's a game of failure. You know, you know, there's it's, there's so many teams in the past that struggled all through. Look at the Washington Nationals a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's it's a game of you know you hit three hundred you go to the Hall of Fame. Right. It's the hardest sport to play, I, I think. Yep, um, it is. And you know, it, 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 the, the good thing about it. Uh, 
I look at it this way because I always try to get the positives. Mm-hmm. They they struggled mightily with hitting, but they were not. They're ten and eleven because their pitching has been outstanding. So outstanding. It's not like set, Both the it's bullpen not like and, and the starters. Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like they're three and seventeen and they buried themselves. Right. So you know when they start hitting. Now I don't. And the bullpen has nineteen scoreless innings in a row. Yes. Now I don't expect them to be like that all year. Right. But that's encouraging. And Edwin you know Diaz I mean? adding a, 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 an extra pitch into the mix. I mean, he looks uh, real he looks confident good. out there, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks good. Uh, you know, when he comes in, I'm still a little nervous because I remember 2019 oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. of what. But that's over with. A lot of times in baseball that. Player has a bad year and then they have a great year. His talent is so good that it wouldn't shock me if he had a good year, mm-hmm. great year. Yeah, and we talked about that uh, prior to the season. Yeah, and, and the other thing too is like, all right, I think he he got his footing in New York without the fans in the stands. I think he greatly benefited by that. And now as they're slowly introducing fans back into the stands, I think he, it's a great. It was it was a great thing for him. I think. Yeah, I think when we, when you come to New York, uh, you know, because you notice like some of the players that leave New York, they they start doing great. Uh, Sunny Gray, no, Sunny Gray. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Not that there's uh, there's no pressure in other cities, but New York with all the media, with the talk radio, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, uh, the biggest city in the world, and there's a lot of pressure. That might be why Jason Bay struggled, mm-hmm. you know, a long time because <laughs> he was good all everywhere else. But uh, real quick, I'm not worried about Lindor. I'm not when. Or Conforto, or, or uh, Conforto, uh, you know, he's streaky. I understand that. But who isn't in baseball? Nobody goes through the whole season only like Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig or right, Willie I, I got one for you. Streaky in a bad way, <laughs> Gary Sanchez. Oh, yeah, I, I can't <laughs> under. I don't understand what's wrong. He looks like he was he was he was going to be a superstar, and he still has that talent. Maybe he needs to get out of New York. Mm-hmm. I, I think he'll like, be. I think he'll be a superstar elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Didi, Didi Gregorius said it. He said it. Didi to Moose and Maggie. He said he needs a change of scenery. Yeah, that's what I think because he didn't lose his talent. Maybe, and you know, people only look at physical talent, uh, psychological. Yes. You know. Mental, not mental, that sounds bad. No, yeah, I know what you mean. He, you know, he's a, yeah, you know, right, psych- exactly. Yeah, psychologically, yes. you know, it's a big big part of our lives, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you, you know, if you have, uh, you know, if you have a problem with uh, n- nervousness or whatever, you know what I mean. Yeah, you I know, know exactly what I mean. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about so, it. Yes. Yes. So anyway, I'm not, you know the Mets. I have a feeling you have a good uh, a good May, and it's a long season. And guess what? By the way, I always look at the standings, you know, every day. I know you know it's just a long way to go, but I like to see the Mets in first place. Mm-hmm. So to that other caller, I I hope they stay in first. And we get back in first, and it's an interesting season. Well, Daniel, have a nice day today. Yeah, Tom, you too. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yogiism, it's getting late early, right? It's just, it's a long season. Sure it is. But I think if I were a manager, if I were a player, I'd be one series at a time. This is not 162 games. It's called chunking. In teaching, it's called chunking, where you like take a bunch of information and then you like chunk it into smaller pieces. That's in essence what a baseball season is. So go out, win the series, and that's it. And score some runs for Jacob DeGrom, will you? But back to Zach Wilson really quickly. Listen, Vera Tucker was the best pick for the Jets because you put him next to Mekhi Becton on the left side of that line. And you've got, and I just drew a little chart as, as he was talking, Becton, Vera Tucker, blind side is totally sealed up. 
better than any wide receiver gift Lamborghini. You know, you could toy, you could give a, a quarter, a young quarterback who is going from BYU, which is no Clemson. You know what I'm saying? The level of competition to New York football, BYU to New York. The best thing you can give him rather than that fancy toy wide receiver is a blind side that's going to be protected. You know, for the most part. So Zach Wilson is going to be sleeping better than Sam Darnold ever did in a New York Jets uniform on day one. So, you know what I'm saying? Zach Wilson, although I'm not sold on you, Zach Wilson, I'll tell you that much. I do think you're being put in a good position to succeed. That I will tell you. Let's go to Tony in Providence. You're up on the fan. Excellent point. As usual, good morning. You and the producer do a good job. Uh, a couple Thanks, points man. I want to see. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. And um, and uh, the Giants were surprising that pick uh, this guy who played in Rhode Island, uh, Pay. I'm surprised because Pay um, went to the coast. I wouldn't think the Giants were going to pick him. Yeah. Because uh, he's a great player. He's going to be a great impact player for the league. You know. Um, and uh, I, I was surprised the Giants didn't go with Pay. He had a chance to get him, right? Yes. For the coast. Yep, they did. And, um, I was down to get your thoughts. Did the Pats make the right move with the quarterback? I mean, Ohio State, or you would have gone with the Ohio State guy, or no? Who is it? The, uh, the Patriots, you're saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Justin Fields did not impress me at all. I think he, um, I liked him until I saw him in the big games and big spots, and that's where I like to evaluate them. He did not impress me. He actually, it was like, okay, enough of him. So, yeah, I think the Patriots did okay. I think, right. listen, he fell into their laps. I mean, why not take a chance on him? You know what I'm saying? They're not clearly they're not sold on Cam Newton, and I would not be either. Mm-hmm. He fell into their laps. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Let's go with it. I think you know mm-hmm. what I think. I think the quarterback that they picked, Mac Jones. I think he he is going to be starting games for the Patriots by week six. That's what I'm going to say. Daniel's back week six. That's what I say. Yeah, because the fans want. They definitely want a Daniel up here. They don't want Newton. So um, they're really. Uh, they want to change, and they'll be happy to hear that. And my Steelers obviously made a good move running back. I won that running back from Alabama. Yeah. I think he's very good. I you think know, he's very good. I saw a story about him, too. Um, not uh, Najee Harris, it was, right? He, um, yeah, Harris. He grew up in a in a, um, a homeless shelter, I guess it was. Yeah. And he, with his, with his you know, when he got drafted... He held like a little draft party for them, for all the yeah. people that are still there. And he, and he um, what's it called? He paid for all food and stuff for them. He catered yeah, the whole yeah. thing. That is an awesome story. Right. No, he, they said he gave me like a little Mr. Bell. So that'll be good. So, uh, and uh, no, it was nice to see Franco up there. And it was different seeing, seeing um, the fans, I mean, the commissioner, and then uh, and then having the former players. I think it, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I liked it. COVID, it was different, and um, the schedule comes out in May. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming up in what a week or two. Can't wait for that. May twelfth. The big game obviously would be Brady um, against Belichick. It's going to be crazy. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. That's going to be the biggest game. That's going to be Monday Night Football. That's for sure. And Daniel, I did say no. I always could pick the Derby right. I don't bet too much on it, but I always say the favorites are going to win. I just had the feeling uh, there was. I just had the feeling in. Um, I had seven and eight, um, either one uh, I wanted to win. I didn't bet that much, but um, I do bet the Derby. And uh, like I said, I just had that feeling. I said, too much um, hype. And uh, I said, uh, always go with an underdog, you know? Yeah, that's my dad's motto, too. Always pick the underdog. And I guess that's where I get it from, too. 
So it's going to be interesting, uh, my friend. You always do an excellent job as usual, and your producer and all the calls. You're doing a great job, my friend. Keep it up. Thanks, Tony. And and Nick gave you a thumbs up as well. And yeah, I just wanted to read the quote before I I hit the break here. It says, uh, this is from Najee Harris. I stopped by the homeless shelter where I used to live in Richmond, California. There, the 23-year-old hosted a draft party and provided food for everyone in attendance. And this is what he said. He said, I wanted to make sure I can give back to the community and show them if, if... and show them if y'all need anything. I'm never too big or too whatever to help you guys out. Uh, I'm always I'm always going to be the helping hand. That's what Najee Harris said. So, hard to root against him, isn't it? Okay, we'll take more of your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan for 20 more minutes in New York City. Hey, it's Boomer and Geo. Join us tomorrow morning. More draft reaction. A big sports weekend. We'll break it all down for you. You know what we do. Yeah, well, we're going to follow up on the Yankees and the Mets as well as the Islanders and the Rangers. We'll see you Monday morning right here on The Fan. All right. This is the last chance to get aboard here. McCartan in the morning on The Fan in New York City. We are careening towards 6 a.m. and we've got a full bank of calls. I did want to revisit something that that we didn't, we forgot to revisit really quickly. Uh, the question was beyond a little beyond New York football, but dealing with the draft. What was the most curious pick in round one of the draft? The Raiders and Leatherwood, the Bengals picking a wide receiver, or the Packers after the 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 hubbub that uh, Aaron Rodgers made on Thursday. The Packers picking a corner cornerback. So I took it to the polls. You guys gave me your votes. You guys all said that the Raiders picking Leatherwood was the most curious pick in round one of the draft. Certainly, sure. With the 17th overall pick, they picked a a guy who became who can or or who the NFL lists as a good backup who can become a starter. A guy who is fifth on my list of offensive tackles. Sure. Then you got the Bengals who their franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow, tore his left ACL and MCL and suffered a partial tear to his PCL and meniscus. But nope, they weren't picking Sewell, because offensive lineman Sewell, that is, because, I mean, wouldn't that be the easy pick? Nope, they chose Jamar Chase instead. I mean, I get it, the synergy between the two, but Cincinnati, they didn't address their uh, offensive line until pick 46, I think it was second round, but, I mean, I get it. But, oh, man, Aaron Rodgers, I I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I would I would pick, so what, that they played the college ball together? I, I would pick that the most stunning thing to me was you would want to march your, you know, your your, your Ferrari out there, your, your Joe Burrow out there without protecting him with the most strongest wax, for example, or the best garage in Penisul. That would be the most curious thing to me. And this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, I think, is ridiculous. They picked a cornerback, and they didn't address offensive linemen. So, you know, I looked, and I'll get to your calls in a second. I did look. Does Aaron Rodgers have a point? Packers have never drafted. I look back in the first round. Since Rodgers was drafted, they have never drafted in the first round a wide receiver, a tight end, or a running back. In fact, the only first-round picks that they've ever used on the offensive side of the ball in the Rodgers era, which has been 18 seasons, but 16 first-round picks, only happened twice. They've only picked an f- offensive player twice in the 18 seasons and 16 drafts that Aaron Rodgers has been there. And guess what? It was two offensive linemen. And let's not count Jordan Love in 2020. So 
I don't know about that, but probably the most curious thing. I'm going to disagree with you guys. Well, I'm going to go with the second choice that you guys had voted. I'm going to go with the Bengals picking a wide receiver over an offensive lineman, considering their their prized possession quarterback season was over in November. Let's go back to the phones, 877-337-6666. And if the lines are busy, you can tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-M. I am pretty much refreshing this, too. Okay. Maury in Belmore. You're up on the fan. What is up, Coach? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. First of all, uh, you know, Sanchez and Stanton and Judge, I would trade two of those guys to L.A. for Trout and the heartbeat because the guy's a player. These guys keep getting hurt. But I'm happy being a Yankee fan today. But how about all these sports going on, Danielle? Yesterday with baseball, Mm -hmm. uh, hockey, Mm -hmm. we had the ponies. Yes. We had football draft. It felt like sports. Nirvana yesterday. I couldn't I mean, keep up, honestly. <laughs> I couldn't keep up. And Friday night, too. Same deal. I couldn't keep up with it all. It was just, it's amazing to realize how hungry we are to watch being around. Even, you know, my friend's kid played in a high school football game. Like, to be able to go to that game again. It just seems like uh, we're almost getting back to normal. And I think it always starts with sports and mm-hmm. watching sports. And mm-hmm. then we build on top of that as the summer comes. But really excited to be, you know, in, in, you know, you know, just just excited to be a sports fan, but I think the Yankees are fixing the problems. I also think that the biggest uh, problem, or at least the, the biggest issue based on what you asked before, was not protecting that Cincinnati quarterback, mm-hmm. not getting, a, as as Gettleman would say, hog mollies yeah. to protect the quarterback. your future investment. Right. The guy threw like 952 passes in like four games. Yeah. You're going to kill this kid. Mm-hmm. You need to protect him, especially if that's the future of your organization. Exactly. And they're making a mistake there, but you know, I, I like that Slater kid. I think the, the way you had the draft and uh, some of the players, I mean, you were spot on. So you have really good skills. You might want to look into working uh, for the NFL somewhere. So Well, if really anybody is listening uh, in the NFL, every, every Sunday. I'm available, you guys. I'm available. Jets, Giants, <laughs> even the Patriots, even the Cowboys. Yep. Hire me. And, and <laughs> one other thing, Concrete Jungle, New York. Yeah. When they when they won the game and yep. they, we did the parade, they yep. had the parade in 2009. That was the song that was played. I think I might even did some dancing in the middle of Broadway at that time. <laughs> I was that, at that parade too, all, you know. I was there. That's so I was making moves. I was making moves. I might even do, I might have even done the robot, Danielle. I might have even done the robot. Oh, you busted out the <laughs> robot. Special occasions only. Great talking to you, coach. Of course, Maury, you too. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for the call. Let's go, Eddie in Rockland. You're up next, Eddie, on the fan. Hey, Danny, like I said, you're the best on the station, so keep it up. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I give the Giants and the Jets C's. Uh, as far as the Giants, I don't mind the trade down, but the compensation, I would have asked Chicago second this year and second next year, and I would address uh, uh, right guard right away with my first pick. Yeah. And then the tight end that Pittsburgh took, and then, uh, then to go back with the center. And get that offense going. That's where I think they dropped the ball. I don't think they'll be able to run the ball next year. Mm-hmm. As far as the Jets. A C for uh, the Jets? Come on. Yeah, because, you know, I'm not a Wilson guy. I know you, you are. I'm a Fields. No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, oh, between Wilson and Fields? Yeah, I'm picking Wilson, yeah. Fields guy. And if I could have traded down and they could have got a boatload and stayed in the top ten and got Fields, and then I like the Clemson running back that, that Jacksonville took, and then the Penn State tight end, and then dress the offensive line with the extra picks 
I think the Jets would have been averaging 24 points uh, next year. I don't yeah. think they will be. Jets and the Giants will both be seven, uh, seven and ten, known better. Well, I think, and Eddie, thanks for the call there, Eddie. I think if you're the Giants, that would be a disappointing season. But if you told the Jets that they were going to be seven and ten after the atrocity that they they dealt with last year, I mean, I was rooting for the Jets to lose out for Trevor Lawrence. I'll be honest. And the, if you told the Jets that, listen, you're going to be seven and ten with a brand new head coach. Brand new entire coaching staff, brand new quarterback. If you told them they were going to be seven and ten, I think a Jets fans and I think the Jets would be very happy about that. Let's go to Sparky and Dobbs Ferry. You're up next on the fan. First, how you doing, Coach? I'm good. How are you, Sparky? All right. I'll tell you today with the Yanks. After what they did, you should throw the computers in the garbage. <laughs> I never heard of sitting you two hottest. I hitters. know. Are you? That's crazy to me too. Okay, now, as a coach, wouldn't you normally give a hitter off if he's like, let's say, three for 24 to <laughs> let him collect his thoughts? Yeah, I would, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking, like, what the heck? I mean, Aaron Judge bailed him out today because, you know what? Coach, if he doesn't get that two-out hit with the bases loaded, they were about to blow another golden opportunity with runners on base. Mm, yeah. And that's, they might have uh, lost that game. That's the the one in the sixth inning you're talking that that blew it open four to one. That one. No, that was the one that went to the sixth one. Oh, oh, oh! At the end. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Now, yeah. as far as draft gurus, to me, the only draft gurus you because <laughs> last week you gave the Jets the blueprint what to do. Trade so you can get that offensive lineman, yeah. and they followed exactly what you said. Yeah, maybe they were listening. Hire me, will you, Jets? Come on. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that made the draft perfect. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, well, I don't know about perfect, but I would say well, that was you the know best what? pick. As good as you can hold. Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you were mentioning too about you know being in college with the 2009 World Series, yeah. What I remember most about that series. Johnny Damon beat the ship in the best way you possibly can, <laughs> and the Yanks won a game for it when he stole second and third on the same play. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny, yeah. Johnny, my mom calls him John Damien. <laughs> Johnny yep. Damon, yeah. Yep. And by the way, happy birthday to your father. <laughs> Thanks, Sparky. I'll let him know. He might be listening now, actually. You have a great day. Thanks. You too. Okay. Talk next week. Thanks. Let's go to Ali in Riverside. You're up on the fan. Good morning, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. So, um, let's get a win today. Let's get back to 500. Um, and a big series against the Strohs. He's talking about uh, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Uh, he's a bum. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. I was a big <laughs> advocate, big advocate of uh, wanting to sign Rio Muto. In fact, I was crushed on this station by Francesa when I called in and I told him that because he thought, you know, Sanchez was, uh, nah, give him time, give him time. Okay. Yeah. Well, you the know, thing is, the Yankees. Yeah. They weren't you know, doing the it Yankees, though because that, that would have put him over the, uh, the, the this, this fabled luxury tax threshold. They weren't going to do that. Uh, well, okay. Like, like it, like, yeah, because the Yankees can't afford it. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's call let, like, let's look at it like this. If the Yankees were really all in on Sanchez, I really wanted them 
to sign Yadier Molina this year. You know, give uh, him whatever, have him coach him. I know, you know, I know, Ali. I know that was like a a, a line of thought there, but him, I, I don't know. It's just and thanks for the thought. I'm up against the end here a little bit, but. Um, Yadier Molina I'm sorry I hate to do that to you I know you call every week and you're a good caller but Yadier Molina had just too many miles on his legs to be the mentor no Yadier Molina wanted to be the catcher he didn't want to be a mentor that was it and he, he also wanted to stay where he was in the end. So he wasn't going to be anybody's backup. He wasn't going to be anybody's mentor. Even all with all the miles that he's logged on his legs, which is like incredible when you really look at it and you look at the amount of innings, et cetera, and double headers that he played both games. He wanted to be a starting catcher, and, and I hate to cut you off like that, but let's go to John in Freehold. You're up next on the fan. Hey, good morning, Danielle. How are you? I'll tell you what, Danielle. Joe Douglas really nailed it with this draft. He did everything he needed to do to protect his rookie quarterback with the offensive line and the weapons that he brought in mm-hmm. to get this kid off to a positive start, to build up his confidence, to develop him the right way, right from, the, right from his rookie campaign. And I'll tell you what, good luck trying to get penetration against that left side of that jet offensive line now. Oh, yeah, you're not going – it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Not. It's not going to happen. The only, the only criticism I have of Joe is I would like to have seen him trade Jamison Crowder for a pick. Yes. And I'd also, I also would like to have acquired another uh, offensive lineman. Because McGovern underwhelmed a year ago, mm-hmm. coming in as a free agent from Denver. Uh, Big George Fant didn't do anything from Seattle for me. Yeah. Uh, Van Noe didn't do anything noteworthy. I think he needed to add one more offensive lineman for that right side, specifically that right end spot, so that Zach has ultimate protection on both sides with anybody trying to threaten them to come off the corner and cause some damage. Well, John, that's, that's, the, and that's the thing. It, 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 they couldn't do it all in one shot. You know, They couldn't bite off everything in one. So the good news is next year they have so many more picks that they might just right. go ahead and address it. This, you know, the Jets are listen. The Jets, if they make if they make the playoffs, if they have a winning record, I'd be surprised. So this is more than just a one year uh, rebuild. So, but what Joe Douglas did show you is that he is capable of doing it and he knows how to. So that gives Jets fans a lot of hope. Yeah, if he's gonna be if he's gonna be successful, this kid Danielle, yep. you got to do it right with the with the offensive line and the weapons. That's that that's where you're ultimately gonna find out whether he's gonna sink or swim in the league as a quarterback. Well, if yeah. you don't give him those. If you don't give him those tools to build a house, it's not going to happen. And that's what they didn't do with Sam Darnold. And I'm just glad that Joe got it right this time. And it seems like they want to put everything but the kitchen sink for this kid to make him successful. And that's the way you got to do it. You got to be all in. Yep. I, I totally agree with you, John. And thanks for the call there. The one thing I did like, um, Probably most, you know, yes, the tools, this this and that and everything. First of all, you also need a, a threat of a running game, and that is something that Sam Darnold never really had. Although they had Le'Veon Bell, they just didn't know, seemed to figure out how to use him, right? But the one thing I did like, Robert Sala on the phone call to Zach Wilson, he said, the biggest thing I want to tell you, just remember this, this organization is going to lift you, lift you, not the other way around. That, I think, is a really strong message to deliver to a kid coming into New York City, a baby-faced kid coming into New York City to every single time a new quarterback comes in here, Jets fans are like, oh, this is the savior. And you know what? And he talked, and and Evan Roberts asked him about being the savior, and he, he gave a good answer, you know, the way he answers the questions, the way he, you know, actions louder than words sort of thing. But that's a huge, important message to deliver to a kid who is coming into this this situation. 
And I think that Robert Sala really does get it. And I would love to see where it takes Zach Wilson. And I think uh, playoffs would be a a stretch. (laughs) But the Giants, I think, are destined for the playoffs. So thank you to all the callers tonight. Wow, what a night. Could not have done this without you. I love coming here, talking with you all. If you missed any portion of the show, hit that Odyssey Rewind feature. Uh, Your app should have automatically updated from the radio.com one a long time ago. Select the start of the show, which was 2 a.m., the Cynthia Freeland, whose video from last week's interview on the WFN Facebook page reached at like 4,000 views. She's going to be back next week. We'll analyze the Jets and Giants rosters for 2021 and beyond. Great job to Nick, as always, tonight. Always, always a great job. Kevin on the updates. Bob Salter's up next. In the meantime, hit my socials at Coach MCCARTAN at Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.